This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder James Boyd came to give him life. The Blackest Wrestling Podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they're kicking trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in this on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit a talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation We got the power of the this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Hey. Hey, folks. Welcome to this week's edition of One Nation Radio. I'm James Boyd. Here with me, I have Rich Lotto. What's going on, man? Chilling, man. Just uh, ready for a show here. There was a lot of stuff going on this weekend. Uh, NBA playoffs, everything. What's good with you, man? Not too much. Just uh, had to delay the stream because, like, I, James Harden was in the middle of a forty-point playoff game, and it was like, when am I ever going to see one of those? Right? Rare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, you know, no Embiid either. So that was like, that was crazy. So, um, yeah. Um, I don't know if Embiid is set for game two or whatever else, but like went into Boston and bro, after Harden made it, uh, made the game winner, effectively the game winner with ASEX left, like you see shots of the crowd and it's like all I, th- all I could think of is like these are, these are, look at the Bill Simmonses. Like, look at all of them. <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 bro, Bill Simmons for to be like just, just, bro, just like, inconsolable about like they blew it they can't win the title they're fucked it's like bro it's one game relax but it, it, you know how he likes to fucking panic he's been panicking about this team for months now and it's like they're the two seed shut the fuck up like anybody can win in this in this like uh playoff right now like, anyone can be beat yeah he's freaking out about them like being the two seed like all right do you want to be the one seed in the east how'd that go for them man um well i i guess we should just start like speaking of like seeds and everything like that, uh, the six seed Warriors uh, defeated the Sacramento Kings yesterday. Yeah, and if there's one thing in the NBA that I take a lot of pleasure in is seeing the Sacramento Kings lose on a home floor in a game seven. It, something about it just feels so familiar. Seems so nostalgic about this um you know i saw Paige stoyakovich sitting on the sidelines james uh shouldn't he have been barred from the arena as a token of bad luck like should they have just subbed him in the game so he could shoot some air balls for old time's sake could, could we get chris weber in there so he could spin in a 360 direction as a way to show he is not a threat so look this is what i'll ask you you have to remind me. Did they allow Bill Butner in the Fenway until the until 2004 or no? I'm not sure. 
Okay, I, I imagine it would not have gone well for Mr. Buckner. Okay, so like, I guess my whole thing is like, if you're an up north, uptight, super superstitious like sports fan, then like you'll go by their crazy uh, superstitious rules. So like, if Buckner never came back to Fenway after '86, then like I guess Peja and 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 Weber and Hedu and the rest of them, Scott Pollard, the rest of them aren't allowed like to to Bobby Jackson, Bibby aren't allowed to be in that building, but. I don't Look, know how that goes, but I do know that after they won, Joe Buckner did come back, and they did give him a great standing ovation. At least not for no game seven. <laughs> we know the Kings, the booty holes get tight. We know the oh lemon starts God. taking over. Um, I, I I saw this, and you know, nostalgia jokes aside. Wardell Curry was not losing to no fucking Kings. I, like, I'm sorry. It was never happening. The funny thing about it while watching the game is like, you know, both teams have their 24 players and literally only two of them didn't shit their pants <laughs> between both teams. It was, it was Steph Curry and it was Jay and it was Kevon Looney. It was like, bro, how does... Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Jordan Poole, all champions, all did it just last year. All of them. No, you know, not at all. Big, look, uh, Jay-Z, Biggie Smalls, nigga, shit your draws. All three of them are like, bro, what is happening? <laughs> and then on the other end, um, you know, aside from maybe like Keegan Murray and um, uh, that's about it. Keegan Murray and I want to say uh, uh, the third guard they have. Like, that's the, that's the only people that like showed up and weren't scared out of their uh, minds. I can't, I can't remember David's first name. That's it. Yeah, man. Um, a whole bunch of shook niggas on the floor for for the game seven. It's, it's funny because like you know I a lot of game up. sevens. You know a lot of game sevens. They start with like huge huge force in uh, defensive intensity and everybody's jittery. And then like the second half it calms down. The game started and like teams were just playing like as if it was a regular, like it was a game six if they'd been playing. And then the second half came around and like Sabonis had well, had sixteen and six. Um, at halftime, and then and then he left the game with sixteen and seven, and I'm like, bro, what the fuck? <laughs> there was a corpse out there, a shadow, a literal white shadow, like the TV show out there. <laughs> just, just man, it, it, like Fox. Obviously, Fox had issues with the hand. He didn't play well. Monk, he didn't play well. And ultimately, like the second half came around, and uh, there was adjustment made. The adjustment was, hey. Let's let's just guard uh let's just guard Sabonis the way that everybody that's really good guards Draymond Green. We're like, oh he's got oh he's got the ball at the nail or above the or above the foul line and he's about Complete to facilitate or whatever else. Hey man, just switch every single action on either side and then worry about the consequences of him having the ball as the shot clock runs down. And from there, bro, he just like he wanted like, no parts of it. That bro, man looked Weberin so out there. Sucking misses wide open from 17 to 15 feet as a person that's in drop coverage, more or less, is just at the tw- basically at 12 feet saying, All right, I ain't look if you if you're gonna shoot it, I'm not even gonna try to like contest it from 17 feet, I'm just gonna get a hand up. And Bro, he just he, he, he should have he should have just spun around like like Chris Weber and let him know he had no interest. The, the sad thing is he couldn't even do that because they were switching all the actions. They couldn't even get someone free to, to get the ball off while he's out there waiting for, to pass the ball to one of them. Um, yeah, World man, just bad. And the worst part is that was the worst uh, part of his game. He couldn't grab a fucking rebound in the second half. I'm sorry. He grabbed I one. Mean, one. He, that, he didn't get the I mean, one. He w- he was dealing with, with a bear, uh, apparently. <laughs> like, 
Let's make a Von Lutie decide I'm Moses Malone now. Yeah. I'm Moses Malone, Charles Barkley, all that. Dennis Rodman, who, who, look, Ben Wallace, whoever. He was all of them rolled up into one. This man said, look, so apparently, uh, Steph, who rarely gives like the, 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 the speak, uh, pregame speech or whatever else, gave one. The only person that bothered to listen was fucking Kevon <laughs> He's the only one who believed and said in the words of Steph Curry. Everybody else just, just doo doo in they fucking compression shorts. <laughs> Piss down their leg, you bro, know. It was wild. It, it, it's, it bro, uh, and you know, we've seen Clay at times in playoff series have have a stinker here and there, right? He, he but did. He, always, that, he, he did hit that shot at the end of the third quarter. That was like, it's fucking over, though. Oh, you mean was that was that, that the one after one? like three offensive rebounds? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so, so look, as many offensive re- bro, there were so many trips in a row where like. They got multiple. They got like th- three, two, three, and four shots on one trip on the floor. I was like, bro. I think the clay shot when I was was when I was like, yeah, they're done. The back is broken. Yeah. Uh, them shits are soul sucking. Like those were worse than like when Sabonis was just missing those uh, foul shots or basically uh you know uh, open jumpers from fifteen feet. Like that was killer. And um, yeah, man. Like we we talked enough about all these other chokers and jokers. Whatever, yeah. Bro. Look, Steph Curry. Wardell Curry. That's look. I Fifty. Did not, I look. Uh, I think that's the best playoff game I've ever seen to have. I know people are going to say it could point to uh, Game Four last year. I think, given the stakes of it being a Game Seven, I think the state, the part where like nobody else showed up offensively except for him on either side, and someone had to make the plays, and he was making all of them. You in know, the easy way in, in the ease at which he got kept getting to the rim. He he did what he wanted. I, I felt like it was so easy for him to score. I felt like the degree of difficulty of the finals last year for me was still put that over the top. I, I, but this shit, I, I was can see like, that. I can see that. I just, I guess this shit, I, was, this shit was a religious experience. Like this shit was like y'all can't stop him. There's no chance to stop him. He's not missing, and like he's almost better than he's ever been. For me, it was just the ease of which it was for him to get to the hoop at any time. Like, obviously, you know, the, the Kings don't have shot blocking unless, like, Alex Lynn's out there and they didn't play him much. But just, like, it didn't matter if it was Fox in front of him. It didn't matter if it was Davis in front of him. It didn't matter. If, well, Monk didn't really uh, get much uh, time on him. Or even Davion Mitchell. It didn't matter. And Davion Mitchell, I, look, Mike Brown on the, uh, on the you know, the, the voice clip-ups or whatever else, he sounds like a really good communicator. And um and I just, you understand why people like him so much, but the the part where like I thought you was a defensive uh coach Mike Brown. Look, um, that I mean that's a part of adjustments over time, right? Like he he pushes the pace and all that kind of stuff. But I think he's I think he's really good at communicating and he's really good at obviously program building just now. But like the part where like his best defender is Davion Mitchell on Steph Curry, and he only plays eight minutes. It's like okay, like he didn't he didn't score fifty in the other games, <laughs> but but whatever, man. Like they needed, they felt they needed uh, Davis shooting, and he did you know knock down some shots. Uh, so whatever, but yeah, man, Steph was just amazing, and like I think this is the best playoff game I've ever seen him have. Like I didn't watch any of the finals last year because I was like, that's going to be a muck fest, and I also thought the Celtics were going to win, and I was like, I don't want to see that shit. But um, <laughs> I was like, I'm trying to watch that shit, especially when they got a two one. I was like, man, fuck this, I ain't watch. I'm definitely not watching this shit. But um, 
Yeah, so bro, it was it was all that like all that Rudy Tomjanovich, heart of a champion, all just all that shit with, with these yeah. dudes. Like, yeah. So with so with Steph, it was just like he just looked like he looked like he was in a different 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 league than these guys. He just did, right? Like, like he he just looked like one of those situations where like you know it's, it's some Steph fucking Curry, college dude not. playing a high school game. It was that kind of thing of like he's a whole another level, and it looked easy for him. Like it wasn't like. You know, we've seen some of these, some of those, uh, some of these wild Steph Curry games where he's knocking, where he makes ten threes or whatever else. This wasn't that. This was him getting to, getting by people and getting to the hoop with fucking easy little layups all the time. And yep. like that was, that was what's impressed me because like I don't think Steph Curry necessarily like in prior years would have even, if, even with the ease of like lack of shot of a uh, shot or blocking or whatever else on that team would have been like, yeah, I'm just gonna go into the rim uh, over and over and over and like. He was yeah, he shoot twos, mid-range. all that kind of stuff. You know, some there's you know even even with the fact that he's a great shooter that we'll ever see is like there's also some times where he's kind of he gets kind of cute with it, or whatever else. It, it's obviously he has the, the greenest light of all, or he should have the greenest light of all time. But like, yeah, man, like was it thirty eight shots? Steph don't really want to do that. Like Glad he, he did. You know, he won't take like twenty five <laughs> shots at best. But Glad it was all on him to go do it. Go, he, he got out there and was like twenty for thirty eight. He was amazing. He was amazing. In absolutely yeah, incredible. Yep, fifty points. One of the greatest playoff performances of all time, yeah. And just like, I don't know, like, he hold, like he hold, look, he holds off like them talking about ripping up the blueprint. They lose like, that game, you got to look back and be like, Look, bro, dude, are we really going to go out here and you know, and like, very similar situation to uh, to LeBron in 2012, where it's like, Hey, man, like. We we like these dudes. We pay them all the money they're worth it, but we really want to run this back, and they and they can't win no more. Like if they lose uh in Boston the game six two thousand twelve, and he don't do that forty five game, you probably are trading Chris Bosh. Like if they lose this game, you're in the first round. They're probably like, hey man, you know best best of luck to all, to to you Draymond and all that kind of stuff. Wish you on or whatever else. Please don't please please don't like. I think he has a player option. Please don't take that option. <laughs> like Clay, <laughs> you know. Best wishes. Do we, do we need to? Do we need to give you the mask? Can we give you? You know? Can we give you thirty? Like it would have been a lot of that. So yeah, man. Like he, 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 he kept the dynasty intact for uh for, Someone for got at least like, another series. Like in in the middle of the season, I remember you talking, asking me like who I think was gonna like get to the finals from the West, and I'm you know I'm just hesitant to like. Pick against them, yeah. To pick against these niggas, like like until somebody like eliminates them at well, full me, strength, like. Bro, like these boys ain't been beaten in the West at full strength since like 2014. I understand Kevin Durant was there before. They won after him and before him. (laughs) What's up? I said point still stands. Yeah, like like this is like this is not no team to to come out here and think some young guys are gonna. Beat, run them off the floor like the team that eventually beats them is like like yeah there are superstars in their prime like they were not losing to no like system team that had a great regular season that's that's just wildly overachieved they're not going to overachieve that far um and and it comes down to steph curry just decided hey boys get on my back that's the, that's the main thing that's the main thing <laughs> get on my back boys like you say like the championship i don't think you say exactly championship dna but i'm like I mean, I was like, man, I guess like this is Steph Curry saying here, I'm giving you half a hundred. I'm getting, I'm big. Look, you guys can score your seventy. I'll give a half a hundred. We can say that we all got an A on the on the assignment. 
Like that, like you know me, I've always been like for all the talk of Draymond or Iguodala or Livingston or uh, or Clay or whatever else, and and Clay, you know, if he had went somewhere else, would have been a in a, a second NBA level player or whatever else. The main thing is there's this fucking guy that like is unprecedented in his league and he's breaking the league from 25 feet every fucking night. Like that's the guy. Like understand like you know you know people like do the Scotty Pippen stuff about you know 55 games without without Jordan or whatever else. That that's cool. Michael fucking Jordan. <laughs> Michael Jordan. And I'm just like, yeah, Clay, interested in him, you know, being able to play five out, you know, death line up and, 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 you know, five ball handlers on open floor just causing all this corruption, all this, uh, uh, confusion for defenses and, and not knowing how to play any of that shit. Cool. Stephen Wardell Curry. <laughs> <laughs> it starts for first and foremost with him. Like even when Durant was there, it was still like, Yes, when when the offense sometimes gets jammed up, you sometimes need someone to be like, "Hey man, just go get a bucket." And Durant is better than Curry at going in the bucket or whatever else. But it's still like, "Hey man, we saw what happened when they decided on a win." Like, "Hey, how about like in the finals? We never did this, but let's do let's just do a Steph Curry and Kevin Durant pick and roll for 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 a bunch of stretches of the game to see how that goes." And like one of the best teams that's never won a fi- that didn't want a finals that year got wiped off the floor. So I was like, "Yeah man, like it's Steph, it's Steph." He's amazing, and this is another example. And I, you know, he's what 30, 34, 35 now. Thirty-five, and, and he's you know, and he's still you know six three, uh, and maybe maybe a buck ninety. Like we don't and with bad ankles, we don't know how much is is gonna last. But like, you got to cherish his shit. So yeah, man, like we, we don't know how many more of these we get. Man. But like the fact that we got maybe his best playoff game at this age is special. I know whose playoff game we didn't get to see the best of. Dylan Brooks, bring your bitch ass to the stage. <laughs> bring your ass to the stage. Get in this pack. You, John Morant, with your fake gun or real gun, you're fine in the West. You were not fine in the West, sir. I'm sorry. No. Dylan Brooks. I can't I can't believe Dylan Brooks came out here was asking for the 40. Well, much like the dip set. We gave him the 40, the 40 point beat down at the end, the pack in the air. Oh man. I wanted nothing else than the Lakers to defeat the Memphis Grizzlies this year. And it happened. This is the, this is the best thing LeBron James has given me as a Laker fan. <laughs> he gave me all the championship. That's Hear me absurd. out. Hear me out. I did not want to watch them, 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 them young punks start dancing and doing all that bullshit on our floor. No, I did not want to watch Dylan Brooks coming out here. You know, doing all his, all that, all that shit. No, didn't want to see it. I did not want to see John Moran doing the gun toss. It is no parade in your city, sir. I'm sorry, none. Um, yeah, we, we whooped their ass. That, 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 that's flat out. We took the belt off. You know, we made it. We walked into the backyard. We told them, get a switch. Make sure there are no leaves on it. Make sure it is not one of them little ones that's just going to break. Go ahead and find you a nice switch. You know, bring, bring one in here that you know. that Because if you bring in a switch that isn't right, you know we're going to go get one, and we're going to whoop you the right way with it. We whooped these boys from my daughter AR, <laughs> Rui, 
to AD blocking all these shots to LeBron going left. <laughs> that was another great uh, Dylan Brooks part. You know, he, we just going to play him to the left. All right. <laughs> what what scouting report are you reading? What, what year scouting report are you reading? Like, uh, Dylan Brooks? 2008. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Memphis Grizzlies. Go home. Tear it down. Yeah, man. So we, t- we never talked this on air, but like earlier in the year, I don't remember if this was like after the uh, Shannon Sharp thing or not. I can't remember. But <laughs> but I remember you saying like you just messaged me off the uh, just randomly you're like hey bro I don't fuck with Dylan Brooks and I was like and I remember saying you like what a coincidence I don't either because last year in the playoffs in that in that series against um against the Timberwolves I thought that he was like destructive to their team I, I was like bro you cannot this is this is the the when you see people in the playoffs and you finally see them. You know, because a lot of times there's so many teams, so many games, you can get an idea of what's going on. But and also like the regular season isn't like the playoffs. And we're learning more about that now, more and more with like, you know, these trades and like and also with like low manager, whatever else. Like to see him in that first round series against D'Angelo and keep in mind, D'Angelo Russell was on the other end. Right. Like doing t- shooting terrible shots early in shot clock fucking up. And I'm just like. Bro, why is this dude getting free reign to throw up these bad three-pointers with, like, 18 seconds left in the clock? Or not 18, like, 15 seconds left in the clock. Like, and, like, driving into the driving into the lane and not have an idea or plan on what to fucking do once he gets there. These are, this is all just ill-advised. It's bad. Like, they're going to get smoked by Golden State in the, in the next round. And sure enough, they did. But, you know, they talked all that shit. And, like, for a lot of people... They they like the the young what do you call it uh, young confidence and all that kind of stuff. For me, it's like sure, but I don't think you're actually I don't think you're actually good enough to actually get to this next level. So it's gonna it's gonna be a painful crash for y'all when this happens. So flash forward to Rich saying he don't like this dude. I was like, bro, I haven't liked this dude all like since last year. And then he you know and then also like what he did to uh, Gary Payton the second when he broke his elbow. And I'm like, yo, bro, I don't like this dude. And then like all year long in the second half of the year or basically after New Year's, it was just. One thing after the other with like Dylan Brooks getting into it with Shannon Sharp on the sidelines for no fucking reason. Um, like, you know, the Draymond stuff. Then we found out, oh yeah, like you actually like when you're in Oregon, you said that you wanted to be the Draymond Green of your team. Like, oh you fucking flip up, bitch. Anyway, um, you know, then you know, then the other stuff he said along the way about like talking about other players, and it's just like and then he gets to the LeBron thing and it's like, I don't respect nobody until they give me 40. Who do you think you are? <laughs> like, what have you done? Don't get me. Don't get me wrong. Like, he's somebody that you know. I think will eventually make an all defensive team, like a second team all defensive team. Like, he's a he's is a great defender, a great individual one on one defender. Like, as far as a team defender, not so much. But like the idea that you, as a guy that like is. Just a lot offensive liability to your team when you're out there is going to say this is like, bro, we didn't hear Tony Allen saying this kind of shit. What are you talking about? <laughs> and Tony Allen, and Tony Allen was out here giving the, some of the some of the best wings up that we've ever saw all kinds of hell, and also give you the threat that he'll beat their ass if it came down to it as well. And, he, and, he, and even him wasn't talking that shit. Like we were thinking, like, look, man, Tony Allen might as well play in some Timberlands, right? So I, I I just didn't I I just didn't respect it. And then when it came down to it, you know, you know, they talk about you know time reveals true character, all that kind of stuff. 
You know, I personally, me personally, I do not think that he actually intended to uh, hit LeBron in the groin. Um, but the rules have changed over the years when it comes down to like intent or whatever else when it comes to somebody hitting someone in the nuts or in the head or whatever else. That, and that's fair, whatever. He gets ejected and he plays shitty in the game before that happened. And then when it was time for him to, you know, come to the microphone as he's talking all this cash and these microphones all year long, dress coming up, coming to the, coming to the uh, games, dressed like a fucking buffoon for attention because he mm-hmm. wants people to look at him. Look, I, he's almost like some DB NFL DB shit. Like I'm the I'm the new guy. I want to talk shit to get my a name, and I want to be in commercials and that kind of shit. He's want seem like one of those kind of things. And it was time for him to be in front of cameras. Like he's wanted all since 2023. He ducked out. He said I'm out, and then the one do an interview. And then, you know, and then when they won that game um, in Memphis, game uh, five, didn't want to talk. And then when the series over, after he shot him out the series because Luke Kennard should have been playing over him, but Luke Kennard got hurt. He didn't want to talk yet. He 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 got he, fucking mic off. he got out of the locker room for the media can get in there, which means by, you know, uh, according to some people on Twitter, he 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 got dressed to his streets without washing his ass. So yeah, man. Um, like you know, there's plenty of stuff to go around for even Desmond Baines and especially for John Morrell. My main thing is on like, this hey man, man, Dylan Brooks this- needs to be going off that team. He was not like he's helping or he's hurting more than he is helping in a, in the net sense. Uh, on the floor and off the floor and on the perception of the team. And now that the stars out here uh, fighting kids and, and uh, pointing guns at them, they, they don't need any more. They don't need any more help being unlikable. So yeah, get them off the team. Whoever wherever he ends up going, he'll end up somewhere that doesn't matter, and we'll never have to hear about from again until he injures somebody else. So whatever. You know, I got I got a couple ideas for, for spots for him. You know, Shanghai. You know, Guangdong. You know, Taiwan. You know, maybe Dwight Howard needs some help winning the title over there. Oh, you know, we, we could send him to Olympiacos, <laughs> you know, Real Madrid, you know. I don't uh, think I don't think he, I don't think they want him over in the Euro Leagues. You know. Uh shit, what else? Who, who else they got over there? I don't know, man. What, what was Luka Doncic's old team called? Oh uh, shit, I, I, I'm not sure, but I can't remember. But Barca, you know, shit, look, you just, know. They, just keep look, just look. He's coming to the leagues. We ain't got to worry about. It. I'll be like, look, man, just keep him away from Wimbledonna, Wimbledonna. <laughs> just, just keep him away from from the for the Metro ninety twos. Just keep him away. Uh, we ain't got to worry about. It. He's coming to the league, so uh, you know, hopefully, they never interact ever, ever. Lakers Warriors round two, round two, yeah, coming up. What was round one? Or Lakers versus Warriors, the next round. Oh, round I thought two. you were round two. Like they've it's a rematch. That's what I meant. Oh no, no, okay. Lakers haven't played the Warriors since like. Someone said 1991, so like, there's no real yeah. you know history there. Or anything, I mean, but. outside of like seeing like the 80s games of like uh, Magic Johnson <laughs> giving Roby was it Roby Free? I was giving him work. I can't remember. The uh, Sleepy Floyd once was, again, uh, I believe. What the fuck? Sleepy? It's a Sleepy Floyd show, bro. I guess so. Sleepy Floyd twice on one show. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. 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 He was the one that was giving Magic buckets uh, in the in the late 80s when Magic was you know couldn't. Couldn't be in front, holding front, or stay in front of any uh, point guards at that point in time. Yeah, um, but yeah, man, like, should be super fun. I know the league is thrilled about it. You know, oh, like, yeah. I, I, I almost, I almost asked uh, Zach Porter to, uh, to like similar fashion to the slap fight thing with uh, Inoki. 
I almost asked him to put a picture of David Stern smiling in, in like in a picture of of Warriors versus Lakers. <laughs> wow! <laughs> I almost I almost did that. I decided not to. I'm like that's in poor taste. We'll, we'll leave that alone. And also, I think both of these teams just flat out just won on on our merit. It wasn't no like you know conspiratorial thing. Like this is flat out like the two better teams in their series won, and now they'll face each other. So so yeah. Wow. Um, but that, I did have thoughts of that. You know the olds still still going. <laughs> it's the you old know? school. You know, our generation is still going. So, so hold on. So, because hold, stand back, you stand back, young niggas. <laughs> Bro, I gotta tell you, have you seen the, uh, have you seen the State Farm commercial this this year with Chris Paul, where like they talking about no. like uh, old school shorts, wearing like uh-huh. old like yeah, you know, I want to get car shorts my old school car but can we, but what about bringing back the old school shorts and I'm, on, I'm thinking like oh they're about to show like the Larry Bird Magic Johnson shits that's that you know that's basically like compression shorts bro it's Chris Paul coming out he's wearing super baggy pants and I, and I, was, I felt so old I was like yeah we did do that it was exaggerated how, how big them shits were them shits like capri pants so I was like yeah, we we were crazy out here with the, with the baggy shit, and I was like, "Hey, man!" I was like, "Fuck y'all! This ain't old school." That was just a few, that was just a few years ago. Fuck y'all! Yeah, that's uh, what we was doing. Yeah, you know, so you had to so, be there. So yeah, like you think about it in the West, at least in the West, at least, right? You got you got Chris Paul and Durant, you know, for the West Coast or, or for the old school. You got Remember LeBron the for the school? old school. That's you got Steph school. Curry and Clay for the old school. So we got a we got a seventy five percent chance to, to get to the finals, Rich. Us, us, middle aged niggas. <laughs> Still run this league, yes. You never had a regular season, yes. Look, thank God for science. Thank God for science, uh, medical advancements to keep this going. Look, we look. What if what if KD, Steph, and LeBron keep doing this for another half decade? <laughs> oh awesome. man. But yeah, um, yeah, man, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. Uh, people gonna get carried away and take it overboard with, with whatever happens one way or the other. But it was like, oh hey, yeah, man, this oh, shit, yeah. this shit don't matter one way or the other. I, look, the Warriors can win the can win the finals. Uh, the Lakers can win the finals. I don't think it means anything for either one of them as far as far as like a comparison between those two, which people want to do. But if that's what you want to do, the scale, I, I see the Griff is the Griff is in full uh, swing as far as that one. You know, yeah, I, I feel like you just, you might just have to ask a question. You know, what? Oh, like is LeBron better than Steph Curry at age thirty eight? No, he's not. <laughs> That's fucking dumb. Like, why would we? Why would we ask that question? Oh, well, he did. Well, what they did? What the Lakers did win that series? So what? <laughs> like, if the Lakers win this series because because uh, AD will have averaged like thirty five and. and uh, fifteen or some shit, some crazy shit. So yeah, man. Like I honestly like from people that I, you know, the opinions I trust. Like it's a, it's a, it's a coin flip for a lot of people. I guess I, I really feel like a lot of people are scared off of what happened in Game Seven with um everybody else in order except for Looney and, and and stuff. But um yeah, I mean, I just think that I just think that like they their offense is just too too more advanced than what the Lakers can do, even if. There is no, you know, shot blocker out there, and AD and um, LeBron should do well when they play small or whatever else. I just like, I don't trust D'Angelo Russell. <laughs> like he was good the other don't night. Blame you. He was good the other night, but it's just like, nah, man. Like the margins, when the, if the margins are thin, I'm going, I'm going to trust on knuckleheads to be knuckleheads and, and ruin it for people, right? Like, so yeah, like, 
you know, is there is there a chance? Is there a chance that like D'Angelo, you know, runs the clock out on runs the clock on well, like Jr. You did? know, I mean, you know, D'Angelo was uh is one of the last teammates of Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Um, oh, sabotage. You know. <laughs> Fucking being better. <laughs> Lay it down. Lay it down. That's fucking hilarious. You know. Yeah, man. But yeah, like, look. You know, the sickle was like, like, like myself. You know, I'm like, oh, I, I see the play here. So, all right. So we've talked about that series. Second, I'm watching right now. I'm watching Suns versus Nuggets. I didn't watch Game One, um, but they ble- they beat the hell out of them. Um, so right now this game is close between them two. Paul got to guard the end seam. That's, that's, that's what, that's what he got to do. <laughs> My main thing is like, how long before they just basically say, look, man, every single play for this, Chris, whether it's, whether it's Booker, whether it's Durant, we are running, we are in, we are putting, <laughs> we are putting, uh, Nikola Jokic into the pick and roll every single possession. <laughs> And we and we finna make that man look like the worst defender in the league, uh. But yeah, like uh, right now, the Phoenix has a has a one point lead right now. But uh, and they're like start just start second quarter. But yeah, uh, I, I'm that's interesting to see one one series that I I don't know if I'm if I'm going to be have the stomach to and patience to sit through. <sighs> Heat Knicks. I I I, I don't, I don't care. Think, I don't think I can do it, bro. I don't think I can sit through. <laughs> don't like, care, bro. I watched like a quarter of uh Cavs Knicks and I was like hey man I can't I, I can't go back to these to them old days like I can't go back to the days when they was playing when it actually was like long shorts out there so I can't I can't go back to this I can't go back to the muck I can't do it yeah man <laughs> like the Jim, Jimmy Butler's cool like Jimmy yeah. Butler and everything like that no no shade I just you know I, I feel like the, the playoffs and got fucked up because the Bucks done fucked around and lost and now it's just like it's a mad dash for MB's hurt now uh, yeah. It's like a, I, I thought that great Eastern Conference we were setting up to get was going to happen, and it it has broken into some other shit at this yeah. point. I, I mean, I think most of that comes down to like we just thought like the two best teams in in the East are Boston and Milwaukee. The Milwaukee lost, and like, obviously, like a really strong number three is the Sixers. But it's like we really going to trust James Harden past round three. You know what I'm saying? And you know that usually is not the way. Right, like, like, like Pete, like Pete Dunn would say. Right, so for me, so you know, like that was impressive to see Harden, you know, win this game um, tonight. But I, I'm still like, you know, how it is with him. Like he gets worse as series progresses, progress. So we'll see. <clears throat> but like, I'm, I'm definitely gonna watch that series. I'm gonna watch every series. And I'm gonna. Uh, when is Jimmy coming back? You said who's coming back? When is Jimmy Butler coming back? Um, because I think he, he's going to be missed game two. Oh, okay. I'm not sure. Okay. I, I didn't hear about him missing game two. Look, if he ain't there, I ain't either. <laughs> I'm not. I am not watching uh the fucking Miami Heat in a playoff series without Tyler Hero and Jimmy Butler. Are you insane? Heat Knicks. This is a real tribute series. They they about to try to run out there. Where's the 77 76 at? You know. The 78-75 final score, you know. This, Terrible this. Veg- Terrible tasting vegetables. Terrible tasting vegetables. Nah, man. I, I can't do it. I don't. I don't. Can, can we get Jeff Van Gundy on the sideline? <laughs> like, this seems familiar. Where's Pat yeah. Riley? Yeah. 
Yeah, like, I wonder, you know, you know, I saw, I saw Alonzo there. Yeah, because you know Alonzo's out of them games and he has some seats. So I wonder, like, if <laughs> I wonder if like Van Gundy can like walk from the booth or like pregame, walk up to Alonzo and like and talk to him, whatever else. They can just play the clip, just, you know, just, like just anything for an excuse to play the clip, you know, uh, of them fighting in 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 uh <laughs> Jeff Van Gundy grabbing onto that man's life for dead life, right? But uh, but yeah, man, like it's been a fun play all so far, and um, yeah, it. it I really think they're like, in a weird way, like, I feel like anybody, probably, I feel like there are five teams that can fucking win, which is like, that never happens. You can, you can never say that. Anybody um, can be beat. I guess so. Um, but yeah, like, we'll, we'll be back next week to see what happens. Like, um, right now, um, yeah. <clears throat> the, we'll see what the Suns do. We'll see. Like I, I we'll see. I, I, I don't trust their defense, and I don't trust like Embiid, uh, not Embiid, but uh, Aiden being able to like curtail any of the Jokic stuff. But we'll see. Well, let's move forward. Um, this week featured uh, some more uh, drama for WWE that was promptly swept under the rug. Um, by, you know, the timeline and everything. But when I saw this, I was like, wow, I'm going to have to wait all the way until Monday to talk about this. So I went in a couple forums, started unloading, you know, the takes a little bit. And, um, but yeah, if you guys hadn't heard, um, Vince McMahon and WWE are being sued uh, by an ex writer over uh, the racist scripts uh, that are, you know, racist. Um, you know, language stuff happened during meetings. So here, here's a story right here. So uh, this writer, uh, she's a black female uh, writer. Her name is Brittany Abrahams. Uh, she objected to offensively racist and stereotypical jargon using the scripts of black wrestlers, Bianca Belair and Apollo Cruz. Um, she complained multiple times and those complaints were ignored. Uh, and she was uh, terminated for taking home a WrestleMania branded chair according to the complaint. Uh, as you guys know, Vince reinstated himself to the board in January, and he's still dealing with the, with the litigation with the rape and sexual assault uh, cases from employees. Um, in which and, he spent company funds to uh, to subsidize this stuff. Meanwhile, yeah. something is fired over a chair, apparently. Unbelievable. Right. Um, WWE just, you know, merged with UFC and, uh, you know, sold to Endeavor and all that, and uh, Abraham, she'd been writing for WWE since uh, 2020, working on Raw and SmackDown. Uh, she then complained about, you know, the racial and gender stereotypes and scripts, including ones instructing Bianca Belair to say, uh-uh, don't make me take off my earrings and beat your ass, which apparently was something Bianca vehemently rejected. Um, kept seeing it pop up in the script time and time again. Uh, asked why this line that she does not want to say because it makes her sound ghetto in her opinion um it was uh repeatedly ending up in there so like she's kind of caught in all this um and th the whole thing with apollo cruz the the nigerian stuff we we talked about it at the time uh you know he had to speak with the stereotypical uh, and exaggerated nigerian accent uh wwe of course has not responded to yeah, come uh, out with a ceremonial spear they had a nigerian drum fight whatever the fuck that is um 
there were more uh, things such as like Stephanie McMahon was named in a lawsuit. Um, they had another thing where they had Reggie and it suggested that he dress in drag and have um, Shane Thorne hunt him uh, weekly. It would be like a running gag. Um, another occasion, a writer allegedly proposed that. Yeah, hold on, you, know, you didn't finish the full story of that. Like he was supposed to hold him, hold Reggie captive and then Reggie would escape and run away on a on some type of like regular basis, like weekly or biweekly. Yeah. Um, and then like you know there was supposed to be a Muslim rest- wrestler's secret that they were behind the nine eleven attacks, and uh, this could have been Mustafa Ali. If you guys remember, there was some you know I remember one time he spoke about something being so bad. That he would never reveal it. That that was pitched to him. He turned down. I'm not saying that this is the key. This this is this is him or anything. But what I'm saying is, draw, connect the dots here, people. Let's use our brains. Like, um, and then you know, the whole thing is like people say. You know, some some of the people uh, have responded. They were like, you know, wacky things are said in the writers' room all the time. You know, that was, you know, you know, whatever, whatever the excuse are trying to make for it. But yeah, I saw some of the stuff that I saw some of the stuff that um people said. And I was like, yeah, that 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 sounds a lot like locker room talk like that excuse. It's like, yeah, you know, sometimes people, you know, get, you know, get out of pocket with it. And, you know, then we mold, then we put rain people in. It's like, how do we just don't get out of pocket? Because it's a fucking workspace. It's a professional workspace. These are all the things that we talk about with language and the uh, portrayal of black people. And if we just think about it just from a watching the show perspective, and a lot of this comes down to the writing team feeling like they don't know how to write for Bianca Belair, right? Yep. And just from a watching the show standpoint, I've said they don't know how to write for Bianca Belair because they do nothing interesting with her. And this is uh, an an eye opening uh, thing that seems to be related to this because if your only idea is to slip this kind of jargon in her language and everything like that, like you want to present her a certain way that is being pushed back on. Because when I look at Bianca Belair, I see the all American, you know, all American you know, woman. Um, and everyone does not see that apparently. Um, and this is the culture that, you know, and Dave Schilling talked about it that came out and it was a writer there um, saying, you know, it, it's Vince, it's Michael Hayes, it's uh, Pritchard, you know, it's all the old guard. Um, I would, I, I would say, Hey, this lawsuit uh, seems like it's a lot more than that. Like this thing's kind of culturally baked in there. Um, of course, you know, racial stereotypes in pro wrestling, there's no, um, like, I, I feel like, you know, in the court, if we were trying to prove racism about WWE, it would be as easy as proving the sky color. But um, this whole thing is, it, I feel like it should be a, a, a smoking gun sounding alarm moment, especially as it relates to Bianca Belair in her presentation, because it's like, it's amazing the level of silence that I saw on the timeline um, that, you know, people that 
have so much to say in other situations that oddly couldn't find the words, you know, stuttering like the Dutta man from New Jack City. Yeah, so uh talking their tails, running. So I had a one specific like thought was like uh the fast nationals dude, like where was he? Because like <laughs> you know, know, like AEW so white or all or what was it, all elite white people or whatever he was calling it is like yeah, look, yeah. They're, they're, look, obviously there's something to that. Uh but obviously we know why he's doing that. He's doing it in bad faith because like he's 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 not downing AEW as much as he's trying to like put hold up a or wwe and it's like all right man well let me know what tony Khan's up in a lawsuit and i'm willing to and i'm willing to you know and i'm willing to uh believe that like eventually there will be one right because like i don't think necessarily uh uh pro wrestling in general regardless of the promoter um don't traffic in some of this stuff to an extent or as far as you look at who gets pushed and who doesn't that's that's just that's the reality like pro wrestling ain't no different in like society but uh, you know, WWE's in court and they're not right now. But I didn't see anybody really talk about that from the people that you normally hear this kind of stuff complaining about, like uh, representation of uh, people um, in AEW. And I was like, I also I even saw people saying like, uh, you know, Bianca's a champion, and you know, blah blah blah. And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, that right there. That's like that's a great that's like, a great. Like, um, well, I, I love. I remember Damon Wayne's. That, that's so it. easy to undo. I'm like, okay, so when they take when they take it off of her, <laughs> using your logic, <laughs> that would mean what? <laughs> yeah. Um. But I was thinking more along the lines of like the old Damon Wayne's like stand up uh spot where he talked about like he he loves when like uh when like these reporters like walk up on these athletes and ask them ask some crazy shit. He's like, so 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 David. Um, you just got your new contract. Uh, I'm not going to really get into it. Forty million dollars. <laughs> what are your thoughts on racism in America? And then, and then, like he, uh, Damon Wayne's joke was like, "Nah, nah, sir, I ain't no racism I be seeing." Like, <clears throat> so, like, it's, it's one of those. It's like, look, man, somebody, somebody, somebody went to a rich ass neighborhood in L.A. Uh, a, a notoriously famous one as well. Um, and, and wrote the wrote nigga on LeBron James's house. You know what I'm saying? It's like uh, this dude is now a billionaire. That this shit, like this success and and wealth, don't hide you from or insulate you from all of this shit that like people will like to think think it it does. It doesn't. Um, so yeah, like just because someone's successful does not mean they not run to that shit. Just like same thing for successful women in the workplace, like. It's 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 a mess, and um, it, I, I don't think there's some you know solvable situation for this. But I'm just saying, like, hey, let's let's ha- be em- empathetic to the people that have to suffer through this stuff, and hope that like these places actually eventually over time learn to embrace them and better themselves and be actually be inclusive and, and follow the you know follow uh, the talk they put out as far as they want these places to be inclusive. Because that's the thing, all these places want want to say they you know want to do the hard work and all that kind of stuff. These places don't. Or these places genuinely have a misunderstanding of what actual hard work is. And sometimes it's not even like sometimes not even the company, I think. But we we know what people in their regular lives bring to companies that shape the culture. So right. like 
you know, if it's this writer, you know, head writer or whoever it is that, that can't shut the hell up about it and keeps continuously making these comments. And, you know, according to that story, like, you know, he's doing a lot of the gaslight and stuff like, you know, he was like, oh, so you're you're the lead writer now. And then every time he would start talking, he would, you know, refer to the young lady and then be like, oh, we are running by her. She's the lead writer now and like all this stuff. And that makes people shut down, not engage, not even want to talk and yeah. ultimately dread showing up to work. Yeah. Um, and, and being in there, uh, you know, that environment with those people. And then, you know, there are times people don't even recognize that stuff. And then you hear something, then you can't unhear the rest of it. So who, who knows how long this has been going on? I mean, you can just look at what's been going on on screen for years and years and years and years and years. Yeah. It ain't um, hard to tell. Like, <laughs> ain't hard to figure. Um, like, <clears throat> and like, not even just the covert ways, but in the overt ways. Like this is a check. Jeremy Dew's about to cut a check. Yeah. Like this is like like she's like I I don't know how you could argue against this. Like <laughs> Right. All right, well then how about we go on YouTube and, and find Michael Cole calling Mark Henry the silverback of the WWE? How about we pull up Vision Man in a do-rag uh saying what's up, my nigga the, the Booker T. How about oh, how about we pull up Crime Simba. Time with Wise? Um, yeah, man, it, th- this should really be, um, you know, WWE doesn't like to go to court. I feel like, uh, I believe the young lady wants her job back. I'm not sure. Um, oh, so it's like sure. a Brian Flores situation. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm not sure, but, um, she, she did come prepared. She has the Johnny Cochran firm representing her. So, um, yeah, like it's, it's, it's not a game. Like this is not some, some lightweight thing. Um, that's going on here and ultimately i saw this get passed over and people keeping their back straight they either want access they affiliated and all that and you know that's that's their prerogative you know but notice the silence and who you can and who perpetuates what and who feels like they can't speak on this because it becomes real obvious Right. Um, because yeah. look, like, I mean, you can go through our our reel when AW had some situation like this, like what happened with um with Ember, or yeah, was it Ember? Ember Moon. I'm uh, 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 I'm sorry, not Ember Moon. I'm sorry. Big uh, Swole. Yeah, Big Swole. Um, I'm. Why am I calling her Big Ember? First of all, I'm not even. I'm not even calling her Athena. I'm calling her Ember Moon. <laughs> <laughs> like, man, all the way right. Like I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing the thing they say, all black, they all look like whatever. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, it was swole because I, I because I almost called her Ariel Monroe, and I was like, not nah, that's her NXT shit. Um, yeah, like so, with swole is like when that happened. We did a segment on that and said a lot of the same things you're saying right now. So, like, trust me, if for those that think we're like some pro AEW, you know, nut hugger type of situation, like, look. Tony Khan fucks up. We talk about it too. We don't hide, and I don't know why these people like. Because honestly, I think it only comes down because like, we're working in faith here when it comes to all this shit. A lot of people, right. you, can, you can see, they don't. Um, so that's why you know the people that you you know if they had said a if they had three other uh, three letters, um, it would have been totally different. Oh, it would have been letting it fly. You yeah. know, uninhibited. Good God comes out that yeah you know they was telling jay cargill she need to speak oh my god i don't even want to know what, ha- what happened there well, I, well here's my question right 
who told who told Brandy to come out there and and, and, and do the open mic night line? <laughs> well, who who came up with that bar? We will never know. Cause, cause look, cause look, that's exactly what the shit that that uh that Bianca's talking about. Like when that one comes out, I was like, all right, I don't want to do that. This is, this is absurd. <laughs> Get out of here. Yeah, that that's a great question. Um, I I hope that someone asked her about that one day. Be like, hey, <sighs> did you like was like was this you or was this <laughs> other exterior forces that were yeah. that that who what made you go with that line? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Seamus Nova. Never forget what ACH had to go through. Correct. They made yeah. a they gave him a nigga shirt. Yes, yes. in the words of Tanya. Yeah. <laughs> they gave him Tanya. a nigga shirt. Is that still your thing on, on Messenger? I believe so. <laughs> that was years ago. Oh my god. I was like 20 was that 2019 or 2020? Yeah, man. They <laughs> gave him a nigga shirt. Shout out to Tanya. <laughs> That's still one of the five funniest things that's ever happened on this fucking show. <laughs> oh man. Um yeah, so moving along. Um oh WWE uh stop being racist, please. Yeah, try, like, try, 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 yeah, try, try. That's all you gotta do. Um Trinity uh debuted at Impact Wrestling. Uh, so this was uh, the only other pro wrestling appearances she made was around WrestleMania weekend at WrestleCon. Uh, I believe she also appeared at Wally Mania as the guest of honor. And, uh, you know, there were there were rumors about her possibly going to stardom, like Twitter stuff that was happening. Yeah. But ultimately, she landed at Impact Wrestling. And I saw this and I was like, interesting. Because, um, no, I don't think really anyone really ends up at Impact by choice. Like they yeah. kind of just like, like you 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 happen to be there, <laughs> like right. um, you know, it's like a safety school almost. Right. It's like yeah, you go there to either increase your value, or um, you go there when no one wants to touch you. <laughs> I don't want. Okay, so MLW is actually last chance you, but like this is like going to like <laughs> this is like going to like Butler or one of those like elite like uh. Like uh, community college schools, where it's like, all right, I'm just gonna get here, and I'm gonna go to the middle of nowhere in Mississippi or Kansas. And I'm gonna grind for two years, get my A, uh, and 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 then I'll have, and, you know, and hopefully I'll be able to get through this shit enough times that I can get three years of eligibility at some uh, at some school, some power five school. Like that's what this seems like, uh, or for the most part, when people talk about impact. Um, but yeah, I I saw it, and like, just like you, and op- like, in honest, like I was like. You know they do have good women's wrestlers. They do commit to storytelling there uh, with the women in ways that I wish that AEW and um, WWE would do more. Um, and you know with Deanna there, with Jordan there, I, I think like there's actually that's actually not a that's not there's worse places to land. Um, and I and I thought that like I'm interested to see what she does. Um, and. I might actually watch Impact just to see her because I miss her. <laughs> Seriously. So, um, uh, what were your thoughts on it? Um, I it is very rare that I will follow a wrestler that I like to to watch into Impact Wrestling. Like, yeah. Um, but I have made exceptions such as like Kenny Alan Angels. I, I I watched you know when I, I've checked out Speedball Mike Bailey there. I've checked out Vikingo when he showed up there. Um, of course Kenny when he when he went, I was going to watch pretty much everything he did. Um, 
I think they'll get one out of me with, yeah. with Trinity. They get least. one. Yeah. Like they'll get one and the, I, I can't promise what happens from there. But um her being obviously, you know, people are all when 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 a woman doesn't sign or when anyone almost doesn't sign the AEW, like why didn't they go there? Um so if it were, you know, maybe they weren't meant to. I don't maybe they didn't want to. Maybe they um, weren't close enough on price. Maybe, you yeah, know, maybe who knows? we don't was, know if there was actually a negotiation between and there was a call made between both parties. We don't know that. Um you know, why didn't she wrong, go back? Why didn't she go back to WWE? Right. And, and don't get me wrong, like there is um there is reason for Trinity to say like I want no parts of this right now. A much similar fashion to what happened, you know, at the LA forum with, with Mercedes not showing up. Like, do you want to be a part of that right now? From what you've seen from 2023 AEW women's wrestling, like, is, is that something you want to be a part of right now? Where like the best wrestlers pop up, go away. You don't, they have nothing going on. There's only one storyline and involves like, it involves half a dozen people. Where do you fit I, in? If you I, just come I, in, I can't, but I can't blame her. I can't blame AEW if they were like, we really ain't, you know, trying to do it right now because you have to, like, if it was me, right? If I was a star woman's wrestler, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, I'll sign there. But I don't feel like you can sign a woman of a Mercedes Monet's caliber of a trinity even uh with their their strong fan bases with their likely price tags right naomi's been in wwe since over or about a decade 13 years some shit like that she was in developmental in like oh nine and shit yeah i was just thinking of like since the call up right um and you know i don't think she's she was never like a top four person there but she's you know She's got her own fan base. Let's she was always that. somebody that she was always somebody that was under push and always was somebody or compared to, to how much people liked her. And she was always somebody that was like, if some shit goes wrong, she can be a B side of a storyline on, on a split brand. And they did that uh, at different times with, you know, the Mandy Rose stuff that ran its course or or even like, you know, the eventually her gets thrown. She gets thrown in with Oscar at the end of 2018 into the Becky and um, Charlotte thing. I think if unless AEW is going to fundamentally change how they push women's wrestlers, I don't think you can either blame women for not signing with them or them for like you know adding people. It's like all right, if you're not add if you're adding somebody to change the paradigm, cool. But if you're adding somebody and they're not, and you're going to continue to you know present them that way, doesn't make sense really right. like stick with prospects stick with like uh, it's almost like a baseball team right like if i <laughs> it's like if i have a limited amount of money like the temp bay rays or something right you're not gonna waste it on like this big bat or something like that you're gonna shore up the pitching the defense cheaply and try to like plug the holes but um you know with them having another show coming up I, I think you might want to try to get in the business of of like making offers to superstar women's wrestlers around the world. Like, just well, a thought. One would hope, but if it's you know, if it's still the same thing, where is you know, I guess in this case it would be uh Well, at least they have two. If, if, <laughs> if they if they put the women's wrestling on at seven twenty, 
for, for Saturday, and then it's like, oh, well, then what's the fucking point? I guess you give that. I guess you give that slot to like uh, to like Anna J and 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 Tay. Uh, but yeah, man. Um, it's it's a weird it's a weird landscape. It really is like outside the top two in America, and like you know, even here in the Stardom stuff, when you know she, you know, uh, obviously her and Mercedes, um, and their connection. You know, there there are a bunch of places for her to go. Like, if she wants to, I would like to see. I would wonder like where this goes. Like, if she turns into a thing where like you know she becomes like a top indie star or whatever, or quote unquote indie star, where like she might come in for a shot at like Ring of Honor. She might come in for um for New Japan or New Japan of America. Like, there are ways to do this. And um, you know, even even like Rocky Romero was just talking about this recently about like look like they're interested in like landing some WWE people. That like you know for at least on a short term basis to try to you know kind of pop New Japan different areas and kind of give some freshness to the cards. So like yeah, if if you know there is an IWGP Women's Title, it's going to be a strong Women's Title. Like yeah, that's going to be needed, and there is enough talent around that's not like signed up and locked down somewhere to be able to do this. So like if she's part of that, great. Because I like to see, I would like to see her you know wrestle people she's never wrestled before. I would like to see that. Yep, uh, you mentioned it, but uh, the New Japan Strong Women's Championship has just been created. I was baffled when I saw this. I was like, what on earth is this? Um, I I see it, and I'm like, well, they're creating a New Japan Women's Division now. And I, like, I saw the tournament they set up. So the tournament is um, Steph Vacare, I believe. I don't... I, I've I think never it's seen uh, the young Stephanie lady. Valcor. I can't remember. She's uh, I think uh, CMLL. She, yeah, we're CMLL. She's not. She's not Mexican. I think she's from Colombia. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I, you see her uh, from time to time on those uh, CMLL cards. Mercedes Monet. They'll be facing in round one, and then on the other side is Momo Kogo and uh, Willow Nightingale. Momo Kogo, who like may or may not actually be able to make it over after this after a severe concussion that left her getting stretched out during the pre-show of the Rumble. What is this? <laughs> Yo, like, this is a joke. You, you know, you know what this is. This is like, this is Mercedes. Mar- this is Mercedes. I'm gonna say Mercedes Martinez. This is Mercedes Monet creating not only not only jobs but creating divisions and belts. This is the second time she's done this in New Japan. <laughs> She, she, bro, like, she's like is, is, is the IWGB women's title just gone now? Like, no, it's still there. Is this is for this is for like when they do American shows? From 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 what I presume anyway, like the IWGB women's title is just for is going to be in New Japan and like cheap like. like my, wasn't that the wasn't that the function of this of the other belt? I think I think ultimately it comes down to is like, hey, I don't feel like get, getting on this fourteen hour flight, <laughs> bro. This is, who knows? Who knows? Have, who knows? They're going to have more women. They're going to have more belts than women signed <laughs> to their promotion. I, I, I don't understand this. Well, I well, think to, this is well. To be fair, we we know there's unneeded. a gigantic distinction between New Japan, New Japan of America. We know that New Japan yeah. of America is like almost like an NXT to the main roster of you know domestic New Japan. So like, you're right. And technically right, but like in but in like practice, eh, not so much. 
But but yeah, but you're, but the jokes the jokes are worth it though. The jokes definitely worth it. Like bro, I saw this and I was like, huh? Like and then like you know think about the IWGP Women's Belt and Mercedes had that dropped it. Uh, thought she would do more with it, but apparently not. Um, now it's just. I like this. Like, where's the where's the IWGP belt gonna primarily live now? Like, is this like it'll it'll still be like it'll be on the domestic shows. Um, it'll be on the domestic shows. Like, it'll be on like you know Dominion, New Japan, uh, New Japan, uh, Tokyo Dome, Wrestle Kingdom, and like uh, Sakura Genesis. It'll be on stuff like that. And then obviously you'll have like you know however many defenses and stardom or whatever else. Like the. They did that to get Mercedes in the door and the shock of, of and all this stuff of her showing up. But then eventually, like the reality of like is is she really going to come over here that often? Yeah, like, I'm just thinking the reality of it is like okay, so she she was in New Japan or so she was in New Japan. She was in Star for a little bit. She might go back. Who knows? But like in the meantime, in between time, like, let's put this on her and we say we have a champion. Yeah, and like well, um, and, and look, I will say this though. I am really interested, really, really interested to see like Mercedes versus Willow. I, I, I like, I really would like to see that. And I, I, by you know, barring something crazy happening, we're getting that. So I'm, I'm with it. Yeah. Um. J- just baffled. That's all. I'm like, I thought it, the other belt was you, supposed to. You're absolutely do right, this. though. It is unnecessary. It is like, unnecessary. And it's just like the 50 years of New Japan Pro Wrestling, and then. <laughs> Two women's belts created in the same year. I'm like, hold on, bro. What what's going on here? Um, interesting, interesting. Um, but beyond that, um, so someone in the comments uh, <laughs> says that Willow actually works a nice power style, reminiscent of you. Um, I I think that Willow uh, is more giving with her opponents. <laughs> I was gonna say we won't have to worry about Will Nightingale refusing to lose. <sighs> so up next, the shirt. The shirt. I am I am upset that we have to even dignify this with airtime. I saw this eat up an entire weekend of discourse of what I think was brain dead thinking um I didn't talk about it on Twitter because you don't have to have an opinion on everything publicly on Twitter however um, Britt Baker releases shirt with a black eye on it and she's like wearing a hoodie, like an AEW hoodie, and um, it was the it was a, basically like she was monetizing the shirt that uh, Soraya and uh, the gang, the Outcasts, like made to poke fun at her because they roughed her up or whatever. Some people have jumped out the window to think that this shirt is promoting domestic violence. And it spiraled from there all the way up to Fox News running a story because of the discourse that this all created. I don't, I'll say this. I don't like the shirt. 
I'm not going to buy the shirt. I don't Who the fuck's wearing this shirt? <laughs> look, I don't think it was creative or anything, but it was like, I think people like jumped out the window so far on this, where it's like, one, why, I, I don't care about ever explaining anything to a non-wrestling fan. I just don't. I think it's a See? bad faith argument. I think it is something and, and normally any other case we would we would say that right if, if someone walks in on you watching some shit like it's wrestling like this is for us like i i don't have to and i don't know why um people would want to live their lives having to explain shit to other people anyway like why do we choose to live like yeah that? like i'm not like, like, <laughs> like i'm not like i'm not living my life being like damn if it if if only they didn't blitz in that situation and I have to explain to the person next to me why it was done for them to blitz on third and on third and short. Right? I, I don't I don't do that. I don't do that. <laughs> like like for like, people damn, like, like damn they should they should have never they should have never trapped uh, or blitzed uh, Steph Curry uh, you know forty five feet away from the rim and now Draymond gets to play at four four on three on the on you know going downhill. I never ha- I never have to explain that. I see this shit, right? And I'm like, if you want to make jokes about it, say, hey, that's something what it looks like. I'm not going to stop you from making jokes. I'm not right. going to tell you that the shirt is fine to look at. It's a bad shirt, whatever. Mm-hmm. What I will say is if you are saying that it looks like domestic violence in a battered woman's shirt, I'm going to ask you, one, why did you, your mind jump immediately to that? And why did you think that domestic violence, like, why did that jump in your mind? Explain that to me. Right. Um, I think people should reevaluate how they look at women. I think society at large, this is an example of being sexist towards women. Um, I think it was baffling that people jumped all the way to this and spent the weekend arguing about it. Rich. The the image of Mick Foley, um, smiling after getting thrown through the cage, um, at Hell in a Cell, and his teeth are in his nose. If someone took a pic, if someone just put that and printed it on a t shirt, that that image, right? No one's coming to the conclusion of domestic violence. It's just us. Oh, it's just, it's just, it's crazy. But because it's, like you mentioned, because it's a woman, then immediately the thing is, well, how did she get that black eye? Is this some type of revenge shirt you're wearing on this person? Like, no. No, like in like that, that is, I guess that's a, I guess that's part that comes of the stupid part that comes with like putting out a shirt that like no one wants to want to buy anyway, but it's just, it's just, it's really, I, I luckily I miss all of this stuff. Um, but like I heard, like I saw that y'all were just talking like, bro, this is popping up everywhere. And then I saw the Fox news thing. I was like, now I know this is stupid. Right. (laughs) Now I know this is stupid. Right. Like, and, and to Fox news's credit, I read like they didn't, they didn't basically jump in there and like it was just a guy that wrote a story about some you know a, a internet story that happened on Twitter whatever but I feel like this is absolutely foolishness like this is such a, a leap in logic and really trying to seriously justify that that looks like a domestic violence shirt I literally googled domestic violence shirt to look at Google <laughs> images Will you yes. what? I typed that in, in, in my Google search history and then all I see is like words and you know phrases and like you know is there's not a single picture on there of a woman <laughs> let alone Britt baker um that you know has the the black eye on it and it's like this is Britt baker derangement syndrome this is 
a lot of shit. Like she was arguing back and forth with people, swatting them left and right. Um, like I said, I'm not going to personally like try to change people's opinion on the shirt because I don't care if you like the shirt. I don't like the shirt. I wouldn't buy it. But and you were saying there's a person that's bought like bloodied up Brit Baker shirts before. Correct. Right. Like, like I just want to understand why people assume this is someone getting beat on by a man. Like, we did not see Rihanna shirts like we pop up at Chris Brown protests. Like, we did not. like, why did you like like people's fascination with saying that you might have to explain this to somebody is is really fucking weird to me. Um, this is a shirt made by a pro wrestler for a pro wrestling storyline that fits in with thousands of other pro wrestling shirts, right? That need to be explained, apparently, right? Like. My only regret, James, was in the, the 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 discourse on this that I would not be able to wear a hoodie the whole show for tonight and then unzip this shit for the segment and, and have the shirt on just just to fuck with everyone. That's the only regret I have. Stop um, giving Britt Baker your money. <laughs> like you stop this now. Like I I I can't believe this. Like it's. I, I, it's just like I can't believe people spent their their weekends on this on Twitter, and then it was there was half like there 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 was like the you know we, we talked about the the WWE lawsuit stuff getting swept away. No, yep, and that was to make room right for here. That. Yep, that was to make room for that. Yeah, like I, the like I found a picture of CM CM Punk and MJF when MJF was a, a kid taking a picture with CM Punk and then there's blood splashed on it, right? Like apparently we should have been been, you know, thinking that's a serial killer leaving clues, you know, as an older white man killing his child or something like that. Like this this is these are the leaps in logic that, that we're talking about. Uh we're talking about, you know, the like cause the complaints are like, yeah, there's there's no type of pro wrestling thing on it. It's like there's an AW logo right there. She's wearing a it says all elite on her thing. I don't know if you can see it or not, but it's like I don't know, man. It's it, I, I saw this and I was just befuddled that, that people would care this much. And then like I looked at the traffic on the Fox News stories because that that other story um got one too. Like double the the Twitter traffic, like maybe even triple. And it was like are we serious? Are, are we really doing this? People must have been bored this weekend. I guess. I, 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 I don't get it, man. I don't. Um, I'm with you. Like, this is dumb. And, like, this is for a shirt that, like, no one's actually, like, no, no one's really going to buy. I don't know anyone that, 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 like, I've talked to only a couple people about it. None of them like the shirt. Right. Whether they're, they have a problem with, like, the, how it looks or not. Right. No one actually would buy it. Right. Like, it's in that same category of, like, I have a fat ass and a bad attitude. Like, it's like, no one's buying the shirt. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah, man. Like, I I can't believe this, man. Um, Any, any additional thoughts on this, uh, no. James? No. God. <laughs> fuck this shirt. Like, I don't care. <laughs> Um, so, uh, you have written on the, their WWE draft absurdity. I learned tonight that Brock Lesnar is not drafted. He is a free agent still. 
So, of course, they're just rolling, making it up as they go. Uh, I didn't know where you wanted to take this, James. It's just a simple stuff that they, the typical stuff they do in like every draft um, since like the 2016 draft, where like they turn into a, t- a week long thing between the two shows. And because like they don't, because Vince doesn't actually watch real sports, like he does it in a way that like is unbefitting of like, how, how actual, like how you actually like split or separate or disperse talent. Right. So, you know. All of a sudden, like Zelina, was it Zelina Vega or was it? Uh, oh, it was Indy Hartwell. Indy Hartwell gets somehow gets yes. drafted in this thing before the fucking uh, SmackDown Women's Champion Rhea Ripley. It's stuff like that. I'm just like, this is fucking dumb, and it's always been dumb. But it still annoys me that they had like they still haven't decided like to fix this. Um. So yeah, I, I just it was basically that. It didn't have to go long or whatever. It's just that stuff like that. I'm just like, this is this is useless. Like. To make a try to make a show out of it is like you're is a total misunderstanding of what a, of what why the NFL draft is like fun and why people watch it and it's like the interest stories of the people and something you know obviously some of that sweet black trauma but aside from that part is like to see like these people have their lives changed after they basically worked for a number of years or in a lot of cases like half their lives to get to this point and you can see the you see like the celebration amongst their families and you get to see like these is a potential turning point for a certain franchise that might be you know just just on the cusp or this might be you know the down the downfall of them and like you don't know until the games start playing it builds the intrigue like that's not that's not how what happens in these wwe drafts at all like, like you don't need to find out more about these wrestlers as far as more from their characters whatever else or like where they're headed and what matter like what kind of like you know for example yes. right you're you're if let's say you're uh the oakland raiders on the clock right they draft a defensive right. end you're like oh wow they're drafting a, a pass rush to try to get after pat mahomes because you got to see them twice a, twice a year, right? You, they don't draft people and be like, and then they, they pull up and they sit, you know, have uh, Graves next to Cole and they talk about, you know, this is going to be like the new woman's title picture. This is a new tag team uh, title picture. Or this is like, well, in this case, like, this is the I can't beat Roman Reigns. So here, nigga, damn title picture. Yes. They don't, they're not, they're not, they don't do it like that. So it's like, they're complete misunderstanding of what makes that fun and how you can add to it from a kayfabe perspective that you we could don't. actually make it interesting. Like, if... I, I don't really want to get into this, but, like, don't you think that if, like, AEW did a did a draft for, like, this upcoming shit between Collision and, and Dynamite, it would be more interesting because it would actually focus on that kind of stuff. Like, these are potential rivals you get. This is, you know, blah, blah, you know, blah, history of blah, 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 this, and now they're you, going to be in the same place for the first time in a long time. They don't do that. You would think they do that. I can't guarantee that they would, though, but, that, you know... That's true. That's true. That's true. Um, also, but, like, you know, they better not do no full on uh, uh, branch between collision and whatever else. That you know what that's going to turn into. Fuck that side. I'm not watching it. Fuck, fuck that, that side. I'm not watching it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I can tell you right now, that's a Sunday morning watch. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> off the rip for me. Like, you know, you know, Saturday. You know, I'm usually at my creative best on Saturdays, so I don't know. Um, but. You know, we don't get like James. Think of like the fun that we've had paying attention to sports and drafts, like Arion. You know, and the highlight <laughs> tapes and shit like that. Right? Why? Why don't we got no Arion type person, like person that we've not seen from NXT that they only have like you know they have some type of tape on or just that, that you know isn't even on a- NXT. They could have drafted him and said, yeah, this is this guy's gonna be fucking incredible. Like and then yeah, Rich, whatever. They can, 
But Rich, they could do that with like the with NXTers, because like yeah. you know, you know, there's a gigantic amount of people. Or I can't position that doesn't give a flying fuck about NXT. It's developmentally don't care. Whatever. Hold on, before you do that, people type in Air Yon Vesley <laughs> in, in the in the search engine <laughs> on YouTube and watch the video where those brothers are rapping in that foreign language. I'm not sure what it was. He Slovenian. I think it's Czech, wasn't he? Czech. They are rapping, uh, you know. Well, we presume it's check. We don't yeah, know well, for we, sure it's yeah, check. I don't presume. know what them brothers rapping about, but but it was right. And then all we were seeing was Yon Vesley dunking on people the wrong way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's one of those big, like obviously, like uh, we've we've gotten a lot more accurate in being able to forecast like what our uh, what our European brothers do in these Euro leagues. But like, this is still the era where it's like, hey man, we trying to find another Dirk. <laughs> we trying, trying to find another Dirk out there, bitch. And like, you would, see, you would see, look, Mario Hazonia, right? We would see these wings and whatever. Remember when they were calling that man Italian Kobe Mario Hazonia? Look, we were trying, we were just trying to see, like, look, man, this man has a highlight reel. It's interesting. We, we were trying to see something. And Yon Vez was out here, give, look, giving some of them, uh, <laughs> He was out here giving the, I don't know the word for Gaijin is in check, but he was out here giving them out of towners that work. Yeah. Just an open floor monster. Just come out here jamming on people. We were like, hey man, this is going to be something. It was not. It absolutely yeah. was not. Fran Fischilla is showing up to, to, to small places in war torn countries yes. looking, looking for new, looking for new found money. Yeah. Yeah. But like, just like how we, we came across it on YouTube and, and you know, we had our inside thing where the else enjoyed it. But like, you can honestly like draw interest in guys by being like, hey, you know, there's this, you know, how about you show a video package of a guy, right? Uh, coming from it seemed like this is what they bring to the table. Look at this person; he they do this that other people don't do, and uh, you know, in WWE, and that's what they're bringing to the game. Like that could draw some interest. Like you know, seeing Dragon Lee do the, do the fucking torpedo dive or whatever else, which he probably won't be allowed to do. Uh, you know, onto the the barricade on the people on, on top of the barricade like that would that would grab people's attention right like you know think a different time like you show like a slow motion picture of like um of like Kyrie doing the elbow or uh neville doing the 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 red or the red arrow at the time like that, that that will captivate people to a certain extent or at least draw some intrigue they don't even do it like they'd be like oh any heart was up here another part is like any heart was like just a fucking woman's champion i think she's still the champion yeah like she just won the thing. Well, Did she just won the shit at WrestleMania weekend? Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Um. But what else we got? But but here? but drafted before the fucking SmackDown was champion. Fuck. <laughs> oh, um, Cody left away from Roman Reigns. Yeah. Sorry, brother. And, uh, oh, everybody that's worth like any type of threat at all to Roman Reigns completely moved to Raw, uh, and Roman Reigns left with all these over forty year olds that are that present no actual threat to the title. Uh, we get ready for the Edge rematch. Uh, get ready for AJ Styles at some point. Get ready for Bobby Lashley. You know all these people that have zero chance in hell at at, at you know contending for the championship. Yeah, actually, like, winning. it's gonna be Roman Reigns. This motherfucker can't even get on WrestleMania except to come on show, show and stand at the top of the ramp and hold up a trophy. Okay, you know, sure. Are, are are we gonna get? You know, I believe the Street Profits were drafted over there as well. Are we gonna get the one off? You know, 
The only thing is, I don't know if Roman wrestles enough. Are we going to get the one-off Street Profit member challenging uh, Roman Reigns for, for, for them joints? And you know he ain't got a shot in hell because I, I feel like that's going to happen. Could be, could be. Um, yeah. yeah, I... I don't know, man. It's just like... The best thing I've heard from anybody trying to make a make sense of like I guess the top of the uh, men's singles divisions between this draft is that like oh well Cody can just win the rumble next year and then get, and then win it at WrestleMania forty and I'm like y'all they're gonna try to get the Rock again <laughs> <laughs> and you fucking know this you stop it you stop acting like you don't know these fucking people man. <laughs> then the justification will be, well, you know the Rock hometown for you know Rock from Philly. Oh you know, my dude, fucking like, god! Well, that dude, isn't that true? Isn't that true? Isn't that one of his stops? Remember, like 2012, he did, yeah, he, he's yeah, 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 yeah. Rock been somewhere everywhere, fucking army bro, brat, but he's wrestling. This man was a high. He became a high school all American in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Some yeah, everywhere, they, man. It was at SummerSlam last year. I bet you they booked Nashville. They try to get Rock over there too. You know oh he was in Memphis. God. You know close enough. You know <laughs> he grew. Up, he, he was there. You know when his dad was in the territories. You know close enough. Oh my God, Florida, California, psh, everywhere. Wait till we get to Hawaii WrestleMania. All right. <laughs> oh, I we, I hope that never happens. Man, I hope that, that might be kind happens. of fun. Look. Um, you gotta remember, like our, our our Hawaiian brothers don't want us actually coming for vacation over there. I didn't know this. Yeah, yeah, it, it's 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 bad for them. Like everything's so expensive, and their cost price of living is way is way inflated because of like the vacation aspect or the tourism uh. tourism aspect. Yeah, so like you know, people be talking about going to Hawaii, and I'm just like, don't you listen to these people say they don't want you coming to their to their island? No, you don't give a fuck because you just want to, you know, see this, you know, see the tropicals, uh, tropical yeah. shit. Okay, all right, assholes. Yeah. Um. So moving on. Um. Wembley. Uh. In AEW, I believe the tickets, the presale may begin like tomorrow morning, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are already getting their emails that that have signed up. I believe they have crossed over sixty thousand in the presale signups for this. James, mm. Mm. I mean, I'm here to, I'm here to, I, I've been t- talking about it in group chats. I may have talked about it on Twitter. They selling this bitch out, bro. For me, it doesn't even matter because they'll come up with an excuse for why they serve some type of film. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> right. Um, You're right. So like, you know, the original thought was, well, they have, what was it, 40, was it 50,000 or 45,000 signups at the time? Was it 40? I can't remember. I think it started as like 40? 30. 30. 30 was supposed to be some type of failure because, like, these people don't know how much it costs. Because people don't climbing. know how much this shit costs to rent that building. And then, you know, it's, oh, it's going to look bad on TV. It's going to look bad on screen. It's like, I just saw a Russell, I just saw a SummerSlam in an NFL stadium that wasn't even filled halfway up. And, and, you know, if you don't know the tricks of what they did, you don't know the the, uh, the stuff that went into the uh, stage production and all that stuff, 
you would assume this place was fucking filled, packed to the gills and it was rocking because one, even though it was only like 40,000 people, it's still 40 fucking thousand people. That's a lot of goddamn people. And it was put to one side of the of the uh, of the building, and they lost their minds. They loved what they saw, and they got a good show by WWE standards, and so the crowd was happy for it. So yeah, like none of that stuff that people, you know, like they thought it was gonna be like uh, <laughs> it was gonna be like uh the G one in Dallas, where like yeah. in, in Japan, like they don't give a flying fuck about how it looks on screen. They're just trying to sell all, as many tickets as possible, and it was gonna be like blocked up. It's like nah, man, that's not how they do it. Like. I don't know how you haven't watched AEW more than once and I realize that they're more similar between how they handle their stuff with like WWE or American Pro Wrestling than they are with like Japan. Yeah, it's it's fine. It, but then like I see that pre you know, that pre sign up thing, the number kept going and kept going. going. And now it's up to sixty and I'm trying to figure out what the next deal for people are trying to be they're gonna be in deep denial Dang. or state actually I tell you back, it's gonna be stage of grief with this. So yeah, I never, I never thought I actually sold out, but I thought like it'll be over half full and that'll be perfectly fine. Scrambling, and, gambling on mandolins and violins. <laughs> yeah, I guess they'll show. I guess they'll come up with the next thing, like they'll shove it under the rug, like they're doing with this, you know, the sexual uh, and or sorry, the racist lawsuit stuff that's going on right now. Just like you know how you know it's no one's really talking about how Vince is back, and that's bullshit. You know, yep. it's, it's, you know, it's an ongoing thing. They just, they just roll with the punches. Yeah, they roll with the punches. Anything you know, anything for the home team. Yeah, this is um, it's gonna be a feather in the cap. Um, for <laughs> like this thing goes up, like, well, you know, to be, the, the, I guess I'll move on to the live gate. Well, you know, Clash of the Castle. You know, it's it's because of the low ticket prices. Yeah, you know, because well, well, but historically, when prices for tickets are low, less people go. Oh, what do you mean? <laughs> well, that that's that's actually the history of. Of how ticket selling works, like you sell the hot item and people want to go to it, and that's why you serve. serve well, as, as, as long as you don't, like as long as you don't go crazy, because with Clash of the Castle, they they, it, went, crazy. they went crazy and they tried to take advantage of them people, and then like and they put them because they had a lot of signups too, yeah. and I think they could have sold more tickets because ultimately they took them prices back down. So yeah, that's what and, that, and that's what um, they were explaining is like that's what their strategy is. They try to sell them as many tickets or as high of a price point as they possibly can, and then once that wave of tickets go by, then they be like, all right, these people aren't marks, or 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 like the rest of these people that are in this market aren't marks. Then they'll you know give them a more fair price, but like they're trying to sell them premium tickets at a super high price. Like it, you know, that is kind of <laughs> they never went down, but that's kind of how Stardom got down with Yokohama Arena. <laughs> That first row, oh, yeah. that first row was like, yeah, twenty two hundred dollars to sit there. Like, man, I sat in the third row for Sumo Hall for two hundred and something. That's insane, and they sold man. the fuck out. Like, people were paying for the premium tickets, bro. Them ringside tickets are fifteen hundred. Like, if I didn't have like responsibilities or anything, I could swing that. Like, it would just be the travel that would kill you. I, I mean, to be honest, like. Depending on how early it was, was it? It's May right now. That'd be what? Uh, the end of June? Or no, the end of May. End of August. End of August? Right now, if you got tickets right now, there's no way that ticket costs more than, uh, there's no way that ticket costs over $1,500. Yeah. Like, if you, if you were to book shit right now. Right. Like, there's no way that ticket is over $1,500. Because right now, like, you can get a ticket. Uh, yes, I've looked this up. Calm down. I've looked this up. But, like, you can get, you can get a ticket to Japan from, like, from the same way I did it from, you know, um, whatever for like sixteen hundred right now, but that's multiple months. But like, I I still think that you could probably get that ticket for 
probably like fourteen hundred, twelve hundred, yeah. some shit like that. It's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be a sad timeline, man. It's gonna be a throwback to uh, them two thousand nineteen timelines when you know the, those initial pay per views and TVs would be, you know, just selling a bunch of tickets, selling out in pre sales. All the all the uh, Russell Ticks maps would go up, all the white on them, and like two blue spots and stuff like that, and the denial and uh, the excuses and. Uh, it's gonna be. It's gonna be. Like, damn, it's gonna be bro, awesome. Yeah, bro. When they, look, scalpers went crazy this time, didn't they? Yup. <laughs> man, Tony Khan bought all that shit, didn't they? I mean, this look, look, man. This is not like Universal Records trying to make a motherfucker go platinum. You stop this. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck out of here. There are no bundles here. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. It, it, it's gonna happen. You know that scalper shit gonna happen. Oh yeah, and it's gonna oh, be yeah. like, well, and then look, and then most are gonna be like, well, this a lower percentage of scalpers actually bought this shit com- uh, compared to like WWE shows. Wh- what? <laughs> like, stop! Pl- like, it's okay. It's okay. There is a world where there's professional wrestling that's popular, and this man didn't have a hand in it. It's it's okay. It's going to be okay. I promise you. Sick, absolutely yeah. sick. Um. Like, I hope it, it these people was, uh, get well soon. Sorry, I said uh, I hope these people get well soon. Come to terms. Acceptance is the last step of dealing with grief. Yeah, like don't you don't you want to be don't you want to be like at peace, be able to like move on? No, okay. Like it's I, I feel like you know there, there's a flashing sign right now that's showing that this show. Whether it sells out or not, is going to be very successful. Yeah, the rumors are, you know, it's like, hey, there's going to be a, a, a streaming service. You know, it's maybe the first event on like that that HBO Max thing. So, oh no, no, well, HBO Max is or is, just they're, Max. They're getting rid of HBO because apparently, like you know, the the award winning, uh, you know, television uh, is a detriment. Is a detriment. Yeah, like what? Be- like you know, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't know. I don't know what entails that. Maybe it's like Warner Brothers felt jealous or Discovery felt jealous. I don't fucking know, but whatever. They got rid of Mr. Max. I still don't know, like, uh, going forward, what they're going to do with, like, as far as how they handle Max with people that have, like, uh, subscriptions or have their cable package already in place. Like, you know, like, I use uh, Max for, like, because I have the cable. And I just use that on the, I use that as the on demand thing or whatever. So I don't know how that's, I don't know how that's going to go. Um, I don't think it's been announced yet. Uh, look, I ain't trying to, you know, I'm not trying to pay for this fucking thing I have twice, but, uh, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, a couple questions actually, uh, from Frankie, uh, he said, should Roman beat Cody for the new belt in next year's WrestleMania? Oh my God. I mean, I kind of floated it out to Tanya on, on Twitter the other day. I was like, she was like, she, cause she pointed out like, you know, I guess she looked at the landscape. You know, it, you know, thoughtful person it was like, I don't think any of these people going to get going to take uh, Roman shit. So I guess the answer is it'll be Cody after nine months. He'll want to rumble again and then whatever. And I was like, but but like, why? Why should Cody win? <laughs> I was like, and she was like, and I was like, the business ain't go down. And she was like, yeah, the business will go down. But the time is time. And I was and then I, I didn't mess her. Just so I was like, you know, but by next year, you can get Roman to 1500 days. <laughs> 
you know, next year. Late, late next year, you can get it for hundred days. Like once you do this shit to justify getting to some uh, some arbitrary number, then There's like no as, time, as time goes by, like the numbers keep getting greater, and it gives you more incentive to keep building the number up higher, higher, higher. So it's like, bro, yeah, it's like a drug. It'll be a thousand this year. It'll be a thousand uh, soon, and then by the, you know, and then it'll be like, hey, you can get them fifteen hundred next year. So it's like a drug. Don't don't you want to get more high? Right. Well, try this. Right. <laughs> and then try this. <laughs> Got this fentanyl for you. Try oh, this. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you like the, you like the cocaine, huh? Well, well, well have a load here. Oh, <laughs> um, speaking of so it is not new drugs. Uh, CM Punk shows up uh it's a monday night raw we kind of talked about it last week kind of not it was it was kind of a late thing yeah um and he also I think showed up while we were on the show yeah we were doing the show yeah um and it was like well that's interesting um but like i i didn't really have any thoughts on it i was like i don't care where he shows up like i don't <laughs> but you know the whole thing was like he was going to see friends and i'm like but CM Punk doesn't have any friends. Like that, that's that's what went through my mind. Um, you know, this is exactly the most social individual in the world. Um, but well, I don't know if it's, he's, whether or not he's social as as opposed to like he's uh, he's overbearing. So, um, I uh, I saw this and just thinking about it is like okay, so. Whether or not CM Punk meant to do this on purpose or not, he's absolutely already, the story. We we absolutely know that he's smart enough to know that once you do this, you're kicking up dust. You're you're in a in a shitstorm we're already in. Um, so don't know what his intent was. Don't know who he uh, who he went to see outside of hearing this story about he you know he ran into the Miz and and um, Triple H. Which is interesting is also a, a nice little play, where it's like, you know, I, I can, you know, I can, eventually, you know, come to terms with people that I had disagreements with, but you know, apparently, like they they don't these other guys over there they don't work with me, right? There's some of that to that. There's definitely some of that to that. Um, and there's also like, the part where like, you like, think CM Punk rolled up in there with no plan, James? Just saying, you know, you know, I, 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 I just want to see all the guys. Which of these guys are still around, except for Kofi? <laughs> Who may or may not like even be on the show currently right now. Right. Right. Um, Sh- Rodan came to Chicago before in the last seven years. You know, you could have took your ass up there, I'm sure. Plenty of times. Plenty uh, of you times. Don't, you don't even live there, for, for what I gather. I thought you live in L.A. Right. Right. Um. So, yeah, man, it was just it was one of those things where it's like, okay. Like if this is some this is something where it's like Tony Khan, you know, obviously this decision already been made because it's like oh fifty million dollars or the, or the or the or piss off the elite. I think I'll take fifty million fucking dollars. I'm sorry, Kenny. I'm sorry, Matt. I'm sorry, Nick. I'm sorry, Adam. Sorry. It, like there there are some relationships that just like I'm sorry, their relationship ain't worth fifty million fucking dollars. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um. So, like. Even 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 with that, it's still the part of like, all right. People, some people think I would never go back there. This, this him showing up there was to show you that like, 
nah, I'd go back there. <laughs> I, I think we've always said yeah, that. I'd go back there. Uh, so yeah. Um, and also, you know, in in his in his defense, right? You know, workers' rights, all that kind of stuff. Like, if he was able to plan out a schedule, or whatever else. If if Edge is worth three million dollars a year, CM Punk is worth five. Especially knowing, especially knowing what Edge actually brought, like <laughs> to the table. The game. Yeah, right to the game. Right, you think of what he what what he produced and what he brought to the game. Yes, and, and, and whatever it, it, whatever CM Punk thinks is the counterculture. Like he'll he'll say like, "Oh, I, I can't go to WWE, huh?" Oh, you think he's a contrarian? Of course, <laughs> of course. Like I never, that's his. I never that's really- his that's really, his whole thing. That's that's really, how he that's how he became a star. I never really thought of it that deeply. I never like, really did. I just like whatever like, whatever the status quo is, like you rage against that machine or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. I think where he ran into a lot of the resistance, and this will take us into the dynamite review later. They tried to start up a CM a, a rare uh CM Punk chant in AEW since he's been gone, and like the other couple times. It was shouted and booed and stopped to hell uh, in the main event uh, while Kenny and Takeshi were, were, were working the butcher and the blade. Um, and I think where he's running into that resistance here is like people actually like AEW. They like the elite. They like Tony Khan for, you know, the, the most part, um, especially like in the buildings and, and shit like that. So it's like. Are you going to rile up people that might not necessarily like those people? Sure, you are. Take a look at the um, the most listened to podcasts, wrestling podcasts, like in the world right now. A lot of these shows are by old guys uh, like Jim Cornette, Eric Bischoff. Uh, there's like Busted Open. There's uh, some of the Conrad shows, and the, they have these huge audiences, and a lot of them all traffic in. Shitting the, on AEW. Shitting on AEW. Shitting on the Elite. Uh, Conan, keeping it 100 with Disco Inferno. Uh, shitting on modern wrestling. Shit like that. And, like, you may be able to, like, appeal to some of those people. But, like, where it counts, I think he ran into a little bit more trouble than he anticipated. Um, I don't think it's going to, like, really matter or anything like that. I think when he comes back, he'll, of course, he'll be fine in Chicago. But it could be difficult for him. But oh, he, I don't think, when he comes back, I, he's getting booed. Yeah, he's like he's about to catch these boos like in a way where it's like might be uncomfortable for him, but I think I believe Dave termed it like this. He needs to cut the right promo. Whether whatever that right promo is, whether it's to embrace what's coming to him or whatever. Rich. But it ain't going it ain't going to matter. Like I, in my mind, I I personally think like and I, I felt this way I, for you, a long do time. Do you think do you think this is beyond like reacting to him in a pro wrestling sense? Because yeah, unless he um, unless he turns heel and runs with it and whatever else and gets him some good grace and does some jobs to the right people, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's only what it comes down to as far as uh, the elite like don't want to work with him, right? It's very similar to like the the you know WrestleMania thirty uh, thing of CM Punk versus Triple H and uh, Triple H is going to go over. It's like I'm not doing you the fucking favor. Like it makes you like like you do the job. It makes you like a good guy after you after all the you know all the shit that, that's going on. It's like look, if CM Punk were to come out here, have a few, ha, you know, have another program with Adam Page, put Adam Page over, people will will soften up to that. What what does that do for Adam Page? I guess he gets another big good match on his books and whatever else or, or, or what have you, whatever else. But it's like if I don't like that guy, 
I can still get to wherever I want to without him. Fuck him. Yep. And that's the thing that and and, and he and Sam Punk knows that. Um. So yeah, like I think that a lot of this shit is just like, hey, you know. I know he's looking around, especially like you know, once CM Punk came in, like the use for Cody kind of you know went away, right? As far as being like kind of like the MC of the show unofficially, as far as being like set the agenda of what's going on when they're on that week. Well, look look at Cody. Look how great Cody's done in WWE. He made it at WrestleMania. The if real one. Think about that. Cody made it at WrestleMania. Who who does better TV between Punk and, and Cody? I gotta say, um, you know, in AEW, I don't think it's particularly close. That, that's what I um, mean. That's what I mean, right? <laughs> it is like okay. I, you, like, I I find myself kind of like looking at the the WWE Cody. I'm like, man, it, what could have been? You know? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, I think obviously he's been really reined in. From his ideas, whatever else, and that's yes. the reason. And that's the reason why it's like for me, it's like when CM Punk was working underneath the thumb of that fucking guy, it was still great. When he's on his own or you know, giving more creative control, it's still great. With Cody, <laughs> he yeah. needs guidance. He needs people to say, "Hey, don't do that." But um, but yeah, like I'm just thinking, of like you, you know, their love for nostalgia, you know, all that shit. And it's like you look around, he's like, "Who who are the guys left? Who are the guys left? There's nobody left." I'm like, yo, like, if he's not going to work with the elite, like, or, like, the Blackpool Combat Club, <laughs> it, it gets real, like, after you get through Jericho, you're wrestling Ricky Starks, you're wrestling, like, who else? Powerhouse Hobbs? Like, it, it, it dries up. Like, you know, Jay White? Like, you honestly. Know? Like, maybe, maybe a Jay White, maybe a Swerve, maybe a... um. Adam Cole or maybe something like maybe that. they're able to do another you know maybe they're able to do another you know MJF thing because that's another part was like there's no that's another one that he, that he like he he owes a job to right he owes but, a job to, to MJF but also like think about those those other three guys I mentioned which are would be higher quality than your Starks or Hobbs like White Swerve Cole all, all those guys all all those guys <laughs> very friendly with those guys yeah. um also they are in as a as an attraction right if, if CM Punk's like all right you know his whole thing is like i want to headline i want to i want to do these programs that are going to be lucrative and stuff like that you look at you know your swerve white and uh cole if you're cm punk maybe you're looking across and like man maybe i can fight roman reigns and it's just like and no offense to those three right. guys or anything like yeah. that but it's like like maybe I can maybe i can wrestle the biggest star in the industry at the biggest show in the industry like yeah and, and then like is it could be a lot like as far as like um thinking about what punk actually has on the table for him in aw and it might not necessarily like be worth all that like i don't, I don't know I, I i don't know where i'm at right now but um he also showed up in impact wrestling um <laughs> yeah um <laughs> which which kind of brings the whole workers rights thing full circle because <laughs> He showed but, up everywhere. Yeah. Be- because, like, when Hangman said the workers' rights promo, it was a few days after CM Punk jumped on Twitter talking about, you know, the in, in response to, like, the Sasha and Naomi walkout thing. Mm-hmm. Like, it was like a direct, like, kind of thing. Like, they were like, hey, man, you talk about 
know, workers' rights and and you're doing all this campaign to stumping, but you know that ain't that ain't really who you is. Well, CM Punk shows up <laughs> to Impact Wrestling. Uh, a picture of him with Jordan Grace comes out. I don't I don't see him picture with anyone else or anything like that, but presumably he was there um, to hang out um, and you know watch the show. And they were also in Chicago. Um, and I, you know, I didn't know if he was going to check in with big bro, Bobby fish or not. I, I don't, I don't believe fish works at impact anymore. I've since learned, but, uh, maybe he was going to see Trendy's, you know, matches or whatever. That's what I presume considering that like, um, I'm like, man, know. why, like, did, did he even know her? Like, I don't know. Like, I mean, I don't know, uh, but, I, but that's what I presume given it. Like, remember, you know, when he said that shit was at the beginning of last year, when that when that happened with Naomi and um and Sasha and then like he was at battle battle at in the valley that yep. was you know Mercedes IWGP Women's Title uh win so to me to me it was like okay like that's what I was you know that's what I presumed or, or that's what I assumed was like as a part of that but you know I don't know their relationships because like I don't know like final rela- it's really weird like CM Punk and uh, I guess you know late career Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Like it's like look alike too. It's like a it's like this thing of like uh, this person you know for so long seemed like they were on way and then you find out like eh not really and like so you don't know like what relationships were that you assume were already intact and like what and you know and that kind of thing and what kind of territory they or uh, kind of gang they run with so yeah it's 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 strange right now Um, strange but you know like at least CM Punk is immunized so. Or act, well, yeah. sorry, vac- vaccinated, not immunized. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, everybody's immunized. You know, yeah, even Aaron Rodgers is immunized. You know, <laughs> that, man, that man went up there and, and fucking lied to the media, like bold face lied to the media and thought he was gonna slide. Let me tell you something: the media does not like, does not enjoy being lied to. Because then, then they start adding like you fucking personally insulted their their integrity. You lied to me. How dare you? And get yeah. off, get off of it. But yeah. Not- um, yeah, so I don't know why he's 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 pulling up to these places and all that, but he's definitely has a plan. It is not an accident. It yeah. is there's a lot of optics, yes. you know, yes. trying to be appealed to. Yes. A lot of shit going on, and he knows and he knows that once these things pop up, people are going to start talking about it and all that kind of stuff. Like this is calculated. Like I'm sorry that LeBron James and Taylor Swift hate being called calculated. They're fucking calculating. Like they like they're so very self aware of of anything they do it it can cause attention being started up and so is CM Punk and why like, can't he go see his friends oh, all right all right the you believe that I got this here bridge to sell you yeah like come on man like no one said he can't see his friends but like everybody in pro wrestling like they'll pull up and you never hear about it. You know he could have he could have held a barbecue at, at at the crib, right? It told people to come through. Like, come on, man. AEW this week much improved from last week. Not like classic show or anything. So like I can that. watch this week. I can watch this week and not I, be like. I would recommend it. Yeah, okay. I, I I would. You know, the, the last one I was like, hey, man, I, you, you like you ain't missing nothing, Holmes. Like. <laughs> Yeah, so we open this week with Orange Cassidy versus Bandito. This 
was sensational. Um, Orange Cassidy defends the championship for the 20th time. God damn. Um, and it's like every week you think this is the week for him, but he slips out somehow. And, um, you know, crowd was going over Bandito. Bandito always gives himself over. No matter where you drop him in the world, I'd imagine he figures it out. Um, I really like this match a lot. Um, either four or four and a quarter for me on this. And um, I, I think Arch Cassidy has been so strong on TV week to week. Uh, it, it was good to see Bandito back. Like the second that man's visa shit got cleared up. All right. We had we had him back. Um, wouldn't have been the worst idea, I think, to switch the belt to him. Uh, but they didn't end up going that way. Love the match, though. Um, okay. Besides that, so, do you uh, have lots any of submissions? Oh, got. Oh, I was asking. Like, do you have any? Um, uh, not not necessarily problems, but do you have any like, let's say, issues? Right, like with the part where it's like this person is the international champion. How many times has he defended like outside the U.S.? I don't know if he's had a Canadian defense. I'm not sure. Like, obviously, you know, a belt's a belt, whatever else. Like, but I would like this. Obviously, in the, I'm assuming it'll be, you know, an all in that that match will or that belt will be defended there. But it's like, I kind of want to see the international part, like, showcase where like it's you know, put up you know put it different places. And you know, I know he's uh, where did he wrestle? He wrestled somewhere that was in AEW recently. <laughs> I think Russell on New Japan Strong. New Japan Strong, that's what it was. Like, I kind of want to see, like, I kind of like the idea of, like, you know, when we thought, like, you know, Takeshi was going to be champion or Pac was going to be champion, you know, the idea that, like, he might take the shit to Red Pro or to Dragon Gator or whatever else, or Takeshi takes the shit to DDT or, you know, any around any of these indies in America that he's been doing. Like, um, it's just something that, something that I'm just thinking out loud, I guess, but, like, uh, you know, the, I guess more for the next champion because, like, Orange has been great with it, so it's not really nothing to really complain about. Um, but it's just kind of thing like I wonder what like how you know the next champion makes their reign <laughs> like uh, because it's been such a great reign like how they kind of like uh, differentiate themselves from what Orange has been able to do. Right, because like he might be the best TV wrestler this year. Like he's he's been just just solid as a rock. Like um, like rock I don't hard. Moving on. Ben Dito hands over the belt. Arch Cassidy puts the glasses on him with the mask and all that shit after. Wow. Uh, Renee was backstage with Cole. Uh, said tonight he's going to call out Chris Jericho. And if he doesn't come out, uh, he's going to find him. Then Arch Cassidy and Bandito come into the shot. They ask Renee, you know, what, what was everything about? What was he talking about? And, you know, are they ready to interview him? And she was like, no. And he was like, oh. And then he walked off. Um, after that, Renee was backstage again with Darby and, and uh, Jack Perry, and what they performed was like essentially open heart surgery on their storyline from last week and how they made each other like look terrible um, with you know just the burying each other and and shit like that. So they kind of squashed their their beef, um, and you know they talked about MJF and Sammy, and you know th- we had the Sammy and. Uh, Darby match coming tonight, uh, and then we had um, J- Jungle Boy saying, you know, Darby is going to have his back and stuff like that. And you know, he smirked and he said, you know, 
Uh, I'm glad you're wrestling Sammy tonight because if you were facing me, you know, I still win. So Darby, you know, still, you know, gave it to him a little bit, but a much better showing for these gentlemen this week than um, <laughs> last week. Oh, <laughs> um, that's good. Because you were making it sound like, hey, man, need to call this shit off. <laughs> <laughs> um, Up next. The pack is going up. Double J, Jeff Jarrett takes on Dax Harwood. This was not good. Um, and not for the reason you think. Uh, Jeff Jarrett was great in this match. Uh, working at a high pace. Ended up beating Dax Harwood with the stroke after um, a, a distraction. But Dax was not good in this match. I don't know what was up with him. Um, I don't know if he's like rusty or like he's working injured, but there was clearly something going on with like his lateral mobility. There was a spot early in the match where they where they got tripped up like on a on a drop down um, where they were kind of just in the wrong position. Um, and Dax looked like he was really struggling to move around the ring. And I'm like, this is not the same man that um, was at the dome uh, in, in you know the way he was moving around. I'm wondering if there's some type of injury we don't know about, or you know, he signed that contract and then laid it down. I don't, I don't know what's going on here, um, but he was not in top form. Uh, you know, some people were theorizing too much tequila. Uh, I'm not going there, uh, but Jeff Jarrett outworking the the number six of most outstanding uh, wrestling observer newsletter award uh, placer. I did not have that. On the calendar in 2023, James. Yeah, I wouldn't have that on the calendar either. Um, yeah, that's so. What do you think is the fallout of the match of the result? Um, I, well, they are going to be setting up a tag program. They did do Cash Wheeler and Jay Lethal on Rampage. I didn't see that, but I heard that also was not a great match. Mm. Um, and there was like kind of a distraction finish there, uh, and I was like. Hmm, what's going on here? So both, I believe both FTR members lost. Uh, so they're going to be setting up uh, some tag deal um, with them. But uh, I, I would, I think it was less a bad performance from Dax than hey, maybe there's an injury going on right here. Okay. So, um, lots of punches and trading the sharpshooter and figure four and uh, some near falls, different stuff like that. So. Um, some people liked it, but I thought this was, I thought this had more potential personally. Okay. Um, then Tony Khan was backstage and he announced the Owen Hart cup opening ceremonies are going to be taking place at double or nothing on the tournament is going to take place in Canada. Also at forbidden door with the finals taking place in Hart's hometown of Calgary on July 15th. I think I kind of like the setup here a little bit more this year than, uh, last year where it was just like, all right, there's a bunch of matches and then it's going to conclude at the pay-per-view. Why do I feel like it's later this year than last year? It is. Okay. Um, I feel like it was already starting um, last year, like in April, like the qualifying matches and stuff like that. But they're going to do the opening ceremonies at Double or Nothing. So uh, hopefully, you know, they line them up how they do at Stardom. And then, like, you know, they do their their, their taunt when they get introduced or something like that. Um, I remember that one time Shuri, uh, you know, got introduced, you know, you know, shit, you know, like <laughs> So hopefully they, they do something cool like and really break out the pageantry. 
uh, for this. But uh, always good to see the Owen Hart Cup uh, coming back. Uh, played, of course, the footage of him like in New Japan and stuff like that. And uh, one can hope that we get a super tournament out of it. So finals are going to be July 15th. Okay. Um, Wardlow then appeared in Squash a guy. Squash is Wardlow, apparently. Do you think that's like a tip off? Of what? They announce the, the Owen, and then all of a sudden, next thing you know, you see Wardlow squashing somebody. Uh, I don't think so, but okay. you know, never know. Could be. Um, he's with Arn. Arn, you know, <laughs> speaking of draft shit. Um, so Arn basically told the opponent to take an ice bath and drink a twelve pack. Of course, that's the uh, advice from Arn Anderson. Uh, he said, you know, the NFL draft was happening tomorrow. That's where draft pits become dynasties, and that's uh, what Warlow is for AW, a future dynasty. Uh, he basically said, you know, he's going to have to fight dirty occasionally. He's going to poke a guy in the eye, whatever. But then Christian Cage and Luchasaurus uh, came out, acted like they were going to get in the ring, but they backed down pretty much. Uh, and Warlow and Luchasaurus stare each other down. After that, we got Sammy Guevara backstage with Renee. Um, she got interrupted by MJF. Uh, basically, uh, Guevara and MJF, you know, they kiss each other's foreheads. They were laughing like, heels and uh they, they don't care about what you know people think about them joining forces uh same said he had a fat paycheck and presented mjf with a matching leather vest uh said he got a gift for him so he gave him like a customized like mjf vest kind of like his deal and the mjf was like well buddy i actually got you something too and he gave so Sammy basically a- they're doing jericho and, and Guevara. there's a jericho and mjf with Guevara. that's Bro, basically what they're doing right it feels like it, but okay. like it, it was fucking. This was fucking hilarious. Um, I, I and then he gave M, uh, M, uh, Sammy the scarf, uh, and they hugged again. They said they were the best friends. Um, it was pretty funny. It's like heel bullshittery with, with with these two, as King of the North says in the comments. Um, yeah, I, I thought this was pretty funny. Okay. After that, we got RJ City back there. And <laughs> RJ City was going to tell us about how Kenny Omega was teaming up with Kanosuke and Takeshita. And I guess, you know, he uttered the wrong words because all of a sudden the Blackpool Combat Club comes on the screen like a whirlwind and whoops his ass. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like I've seen some of the RJ stuff and I'm just like, like bro, the parody thing of it. Like, bro, I don't, I don't. The Hey W show is fucking hilarious. Like, absolutely fucking hilarious. So, I always thought it was Hey You. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Hey You, exactly. But, but uh, yeah, man. Like his interview style is like it's like some you know parody of of a late night uh, sketch thing. This and shit like Eric Andre, right, asking right. questions. So, Right, and it's just be, and it's just like you know between was also uh, was uh, the shit with uh, Zach Galifianakis uh, between two ferns, or whatever it was called. Like, is is one of those? I was like, hey man, like I, you don't do this as well as those two dudes. I'm 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 okay. So like the part where like, I didn't know this happened, but he said BCC came and whooped his ass. I would like to see that. I'm definitely firing up dynamite once we're done with the show. <laughs> They fucked him up. Fucking uh, dork. <laughs> Taz, Taz was cheering this. Uh, he was happy that RJ was getting whooped. Um, and after that, we got uh, Sammy Guevara and Darby Allen. 
they went fucking nuts in this match before that the stupid finish they did um they did like a um uh like mjf came on commentary he's eating pickles um and you know before that like you know alan was trying to stop the high flying uh there was a lot of aerial stuff after from Guevara. There was a huge moonsault off the top rope to the floor, you know, like springboard style. Um, Darby got busted open uh, over his eyebrow um, on that. There was a lot of, like, super spots in this match. Um, I would say go out of your way to watch this, and then it peaked with Guevara doing a 630 senton off the top rope to the floor while Darby was on a table. So it was like Revolution 2020 Redux here, <sighs> and it was like, but it looked crazier. Like it was nuts. Um, okay. uh, Tay Mello came back, you know, came out to kind of distract Darby. Um, but after that, like the whole thing, you know, she ended up getting thrown out, I believe. Um, after that, like uh, Sammy went for like some type of splash, and you know, he caught a drop kick for his troubles. Um, Tay like grabbed the ref like she was she was doing the high jinks and uh, MJF got tossed uh, Darby out or MJF like you know came out and from from the commentary he threw uh, the skateboard in uh, Sammy flopped trying to do some Eddie Guerrero shit um, he saw Paul Turner saw him with the weapon and disqualified him uh, Dar or Darby and he DQ Darby and they ran away like they stole something essentially wow. and <laughs> and then um. You know, Tony Schiavone Tony was like, they, they was out there laughing. They were like, you know, the main event is going to be MJF versus Sammy Guevara. Tony Gar- uh, Tony Schiavone stands up and is like, listen, you prick. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, listen here, you prick. Like, he's like, I'm talking to Tony Khan, the headset. Um, <laughs> and Jack Perry was going to come out and, and, and save, save them and all that shit. Uh, he said Tony Khan's made it official that you know Sammy Guevara did win tonight, so he is going to double or nothing. However, next week it's going to be a tag match between MJF and Guevara, and then Jack Perry and Darby Allen. If Perry and Allen win, they're in. If not, it remains a singles match. But that listen up, you prick, was great. <laughs> a slight save this week from the pillar storyline. Okay, than, as compared to last week, um, they uh then concluded with you know they want a commercial came back mjf and sammy are walking out of the building and they're like pissed and it's how and mjf is talking about injustice and you know in 2024 i'm gonna remember this shit and all this other shit like that oh, and God. then um mjf was about to get in a car right um and the car is, is like pulling up it's like an suv black joint and they have the door wide open right they pan the camera mjf is about to get in and he's like, whoa, baby, well, like, you know, whoa, I can't let you in the car with me, Sammy. Like, no, nah, man, it's, the car is full. But then, like, the camera, like, pans over again. And it shows the car empty or whatever. <laughs> so this is fucking hilarious. Like, and then Sammy's, like, standing there like, like, what the fuck do you mean? Like, but, like, Sammy never sees, like, there's no one in the car. And then uh, MJF jumps in the car and pulls off and leaves that man holding the bag out there. What it was the fuck? fucking hilarious. Um, this... <laughs> This hey man, she never forgot to be involved in this shit. Ain't no way, bro. This was fucking hilarious. Um, this kind of led to something on Rampage, actually, which was really good. Tay Mello ended up coming up to Sammy. They were gonna do an interview with Sammy. She jumps in and cuts him off and was like, "I know you don't really think MJF is your friend, right?" Like she basically gives him like, 
like like hey man get your fucking head in the game like, mm-hmm. like you say you want to be a world champion you you said you you know uh you, what about you when you were you were younger you was talking about you know you worked at subway and shit like this is this is shameful damn near like it was awesome like uh her promo so um and it was like hmm and it was she was almost like i know you don't like mjf you're not friends with him and he does not care about you stop this essentially and um you know so that's all gonna blow up after that <laughs> we got uh adam cole addressing chris jericho and cole demanded jericho come out he didn't do the boom he was pissed he was a angry man on the way to the ring um and he said what he did to brit last week was unforgivable um Cole was about to go find him, and but Jericho jumped up on the screen, and of course he said he doesn't want to be anywhere near a coward like Cole, uh, one that would let his woman like get beat up right in front of him and not do anything. Of course, Jericho. <laughs> so he's sending his guys to go get him. Garcia, Menard, and Parker and Hager came out. Uh, they was they was whooping on on Cole's ass, and then uh, Orange Cassidy and Bandito ran out to help because they crossed paths earlier in the night. Um, and you know, they were still outnumbered, they still got their ass whooped to them. And then, uh, Kill Switch engages End of Heartache hit, which is apparently Roger Strong's theme song. Roger Strong's Tron hits, everybody pops pretty big. Roddy runs out, uh, cleaned house, bunch of backbreakers, chops, big drop, one foot drop kicks, and stuff like that. Everybody's really happy to see this guy. This is a great moment. Um, and Strong and Cole hugged each other. Um, and you know, they're reunited, uh, here and, uh, Cole kind of needed, you know, some backup with him here. Uh, Kyle's not ready. Uh, I thought Jericho was awesome. As Frankie said, the gaslighting Jericho, it was like classic Jericho. Um, and yeah, Roddy was a house fire and Roger strong freed. Um, this guy's an excellent wrestler. If you never watched Roger strong, um, this is like, the backbones of your companies can be built on guys like like going on TV and eating and having great matches like with young guys, with old guys, with with any type of wrestler. Guys like Roger Strong, I think, define the best in wrestling. Yeah. Um all heart, all hustle, amazing pacing, great uh great match. Uh, storytelling, like getting into working over people's backs by doing all types of stuff, people's backs. It's, it's, he's unique in that way. And like brings umph with it. Like he's a little dude, but he, he feels like he has like, when it's striking, it, it, you know, snaps off and he's just, like, he's just great. He's a great wrestler. And, you know, if, if Kyle can just get his neck right, if we can get, if we can get O'Reilly and strong, Like that was my favorite NXT tag team. Uh, that was my favorite NXT tag team of the whole run of you know the first run of NXT or whatever. So like, yeah, I would love for them to. I, I'm just interested to see what he does and where he fits in as far as his Jericho thing for now. Um, but like, if we ever get to a part where like it's basically like the top three from Undisputed or, or in AEW and they're all up and running and everything, that'd be super cool. Um, and you know. I would love for O'Reilly and Strong to be a tag team again or whatever else. Like, I would love to see another, you know, them FTR match. They had one in 2020 that was awesome, but it was in the fucking warehouse or, the, you know, the LA Fitness, eSport, whatever you want to call it. So, it, you know, in front of a big crowd, it would be even better. So, yeah. And then, obviously, the Young Bucks and 
Lucha Bros and all that shit. Like, they would just be a perfect fit. Another episode of QTV. QT was in there trying to explain to everybody what happened last week. Hobbs broke in, lifted QT off his feet, put him on the wall, told him to fix it. Um, and he was like, all right, I got you. You know, my word is my bond, and we're going to go to plan B, whatever the fuck that is. Um, yes, Bobby Fish is unneeded. Um, up next, we got Jay Cargill versus Ty Valkyrie uh, to defend the TBS title. Jade uh, retain, and this match wasn't bad. Like I thought it was going to be like not like great or anything like that. This was a, I would say, a step forward for Jade. I thought the finish kind of made them like not look like the smartest wrestlers in the world because the whole stipulation was Taya could not do her finish. So she's sitting there, has her up, puts her down, and then has this like conflicted look on her face. Then she gets rolled up uh, in a victory roll uh, fashion. But Jade hit a Canadian destroyer in this match, James. Um, I didn't know she wanted to do that or anything like that, but <laughs> why not? Um, we need something. But um, uh, I-, I thought Tyler looked kind of weak in the end. But as far as like the-, the guts of the match, this is way better than I think it had anybody thought it would be so okay uh, this this was a solid outing i would say um besides that uh we have baker and hater backstage um jamie has a sling on because she was <laughs> check this out so i was listening to observer radio dave explained it that the reason that jamie didn't come out last week because we saw her get whooped on essentially in the earlier part of the show Mm -hmm. but the commentators never kind of explained and saying like hey jamie hater is getting medical attention or something like that because Mm -hmm. of similar to like cody is like you know an other side of the building whatever else is right make it out okay right like she's getting medical attention like that's why she didn't come out like they didn't explain on the show but she so she showed up this week wearing a sling and um you know baker was there she had the eye or whatever and um, you know they basically ran down the outcast, and you know Hater talked about it. she wanted you know t- or Tony was you know had her shoulders. She said the only way this is gonna be over if you send us to the morgue, essentially. So they were you know talking that shit. Then we got Kenny Omega and Kanosuke Takeshita uh, versus the Butcher and the Blade. Uh, this is a pretty good match right here. I you know I like Butcher and the Blade. Omega and Takeshita displaying the. Um, you know, the aptitude for team with each other, managed by Uncle Don, um, the Golden Brothers, uh, as, as they're saying. So uh, th- this was a cool match. Like, uh, Kenosuke Takeshi ended up getting the pinfall uh, on the Blade, I believe. Um, and it was cool to see him, see him or Butcher, excuse me. Um, and it was cool to see, like, you know, Butcher doesn't, like, get all these chances all the time so uh, this is cool for him um but after the match another great post-match angle from the bcc and the elite i know you're shocked um so brian Danielson comes on stage uh saying you know a professional would have got the pin uh talking about kenny he's like you let Takeshi, you know while and you look exhausted uh but Takeshi, you know got the pin he's a professional you know if Takeshi trained with the bcc he'd be a star but he chose the side with the elite the only guys who they've trained are like Brandon Cutler and Michael Nakazawa. Said um, the BCC. Then uh, he basically said, "Kenny, you know, you living off a of reputation from Japan, uh, and I, I don't see you pushing yourself to be the best, uh, stuff like that." So uh, BCC then basically jumped 
Omega to catch her from behind. Uh, he said, we're going to finish the job on you from last week. Essentially, uh, the Bucks then ran out from the back. Uh, they gave a bunch of super kicks out to the whole BCC. Um, then Danielson was still on the floor. He was telling Takeshi to get in the ring because Takeshi is kind of like in the middle of this whole thing. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, get in there and save Moxley. You know, you like us, remember? And then Takeshi was kind of like afflicted, like, man, nah, I don't really fuck with y'all. Like, like, what is this? And then all the BCC surrounds him. And then Danielson's like, yeah, man, um, you know, don't you don't you want to be with the BCC? Essentially, don't you want to don't you want to join the Knicks? Like <laughs> some shit like that. And, he, and essentially, he he kind of took too long. He hesitated, or whatever. So Willer Yuta gives to catch a low blow, uh, and Danielson said, "Well, you made your choice." And Moxley charged him, used a screwdriver on Takeshita. Uh, oh yeah, she got him with a screwdriver. Yep, bust him open with the shit. Uh, and then like uh, they they elite comes in and saves him um runs them runs them off but kenny like ends the show with the catcher in his arms all bleeding and um ends up cutting a post show promo uh basically as angry as kenny has ever been i'd probably say uh basically saying you know like what, what you think this is like like you know you, you all you think we know how to do is wrestle like like you think we don't know how to fight like i'll fight you i'll fight every single one of you like Almost like that Riley Cooper energy, but not with like. Oh the, God! The, <laughs> I'll fight every one of you here. Like, yeah, not like you know, minus the you know the racism in there. But um, it was like that. And he said, like, "He's like, what do you want to be in a cage or something? Like, you know, let's do it or whatever." Moxley, let's do it. And then um, a couple days later, they send out a response from Danielson and Moxley, both in a hallway. Um, basically accepting the challenge, and on May 10th, we're getting Kenny Omega versus John Moxley in a steel's cage match, brother. That is going head to head of with Game Five of Warriors Lakers. Oh God! Same night. So they knew they needed something strong, basically. Probably. Yeah, yeah, and also like that'll that has to go on last. It's a cage match, right? Yeah, yeah, it has to go on last. I'd like, say. Like, I don't think they've ever done a co- like a like a cage match in AEW where it wasn't the main event, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. They they knew they needed and, something. And, that's that's and, all that comes down to. Well, and it's in the same arena they did Blood and Guts last year, so it's in Detroit, Little Caesars. Right, so that's right, a right. huge fucking building. So yes, like they're is. they're getting a they're getting a real main event. So, um, yeah, I um, I thought this was great. Uh, this is another home run angle for these guys. Like they. I think they have the hottest thing going. Um, I, I did see the uh, the the, the uh, being the elite stuff uh, this week. I saw like five clips. It was awesome. Uh, I think BTS like for the last month has actually found the groove again. For a while, it was just like mm. <laughs> too much Ryan Nemeth and shit like that. But like the actual bits are coming back. Like um, so, uh, yeah, I, I I was into it. I, I was way more into the show this week than uh, the week before. And continue to build from here. And also, the ropes were black. Uh, they got rid of the red, white, and blue ropes. So um, that was nice. Yeah, that was like they randomly started doing it like what, two months ago or something like that. And yeah, I, I had no idea why, but whatever. Like it, they were I just mean, there one day and. Yeah, yeah, they just trying some shit, I guess. Yeah. So uh, besides that, I didn't have much for you because I did not watch Rampage. I, kn- I know you didn't ask me for a recap. What, what, what happened on Rampage, James? 
Man, I haven't watched Rampage since like the summer. Don't blame you. Yeah. Like like that shit that Trustbuster shit broke me. I was like, bro, I can't. What are we doing here? What what the fuck is this? <laughs> and you were and I remember like you were like, you know, who was it? Which one of them? It wasn't Davari, it was the other one. The one that was doing like the Slim J? Yeah, the one that was doing a, tor- a tornado, the slowest tornado in the world. Slim J was raw. Yeah, you're like, Slim J kept the rating. I was like, all right, bitch. Slim J like, kept the rating. He did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, look, man, look maybe shit, Tony Khan should is... be bringing the trust buzzers back. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Respect Slim J. Yes. God damn it. Oh, uh, it, 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 anything on Twitter uh, tonight that is, is funny. Well, oh, oh I forgot one hurt. other thing. I, I forgot one other thing, James. Yeah. Tessa Blanchard is returning to pro wrestling, James. Where? She is wrestling for a promotion called XPW, where all the canceled wrestlers gather. Um, they are the people that run like these these MAGA storylines. Um, it is just a complete outlaw promotion. Um, that is just like uh, Trevor Dame had a great tweet. Um, I'm going to find it. Shout out to Trevor Dame. He said, "Ever the trendsetter, Tessa Blanchard has decided to skip a few steps on the disgraced wrestler career cope ladder, bypassing doing all right podcast for seven weeks and release a sex tape, and jumping straight to work for XPW." Um, we're talking about you know Marty Squirrel, uh, or Doctor Larry is like XPW is about to book Marty Squirrel, oh, Chris Dickinson, yeah. Davy Richards, Michael Elgin. Um, yes, they had they they brought uh they're the promotion that brought in Drake Wurtz to oh. to to do that shit. So like, bro, she they have her signed for a couple of days. Is Austin Aries there? I'm I'm going to guess he's probably made an appearance there before. Um. They said breaking Tessa Blanchard has been signed to a multi-show deal at Broken Beat and Scarred May 27th in Newark, New York. Um, yo, they are they are dragging her, and this comes on the um the heels of her taking a picture with La Rosa Negra. Yep, that was we and, were talking about that shit not on here but off air. Like what? Two weeks ago, three weeks ago, something like that. Yeah, I, I was like, don't be surprised she ends up signed somewhere off of that. But I guess even the companies weren't fooled. Yeah. I. I who watches that shit? I'm shocked WWE is not bringing her in. That seems she seems like she'll fit in great. Remember she? Remember they thought? I remember there was something about her having a. Attitude problem there. People felt that way um, at Mayon Classic. So that's probably what did her in there. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Man, bro. Johnny Gargano apparently was not drafted on air. Like, he was drafted after the show. Like, they were like, yeah, like, you know how they draft dudes in, like, the fifth round? Like, and they just, like, they're doing all the coverage. Like how, like, Nicole Jokic got drafted during a commercial break in the second round? Yes, that yeah. that's what happened to Johnny Gargano, unfortunately. Yeah, well, he wanted to go back. He was and I drafted, told you at the time that was a dumb idea. He and, was dra- drafted yeah. along. He was drafted alongside the likes of Dana Brooke, Nikki Cross, and Tamina. Yeah. 
gotta use the like, like we lost a family member voice with, with Johnny Gargano. <sighs> well, I mean, it's not like I was. It's not like I'm surprised. He's five. He's five seven. It's WWE. Um, I was actually uh, I, it's a story I actually say for after the show, but yeah, man, like it, it's funny, like how deep we're in the bubble. Like the stories we covered this week, right? Between like CM Punk showing up at Impact and at WWE and um, Mercedes, sorry, uh, the IWGP stuff. Uh, with with his two women's belts, and uh, you know one of the trainers at the gym I go to, uh, he's a he's a casual, super casual wrestling fan. So like about once a week he'll ask me like, you know, what do you think of what happened on SmackDown or whatever else? And I'm just like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I've only heard about it. I didn't watch SmackDown, man. But uh, he was talking. But it was the draft, so like you know you kind of know the stuff. And he's like, yeah, man. He he's like the draft is stupid. He's like, and we were like, just going over like same thing we talked about on here. It was like, it serves no purpose. Like, Vince is a person that like wants to do this, but he doesn't watch sports, so he has no concept of why people care about this stuff. And like, obviously, like how to disperse the talent and like the idea that you know a Rhea Ripley gets drafted after fucking Indy Hartwell and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. um, so like it was it was crazy to me. Like we, I don't know how we got onto it, but um, oh, because we were talking about Puerto Rico. And then I had to explain to him about like how like uh, WWE has bought shows, right? Mm. Like Puerto Rico, Australia, and not about Saudi Arabia. And then I had to explain to him that it's like, yeah, like Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens don't go to Saudi Arabia. And he and he and I had to explain to him like they just let women start driving there a few years ago, and like they killed an American journalist over there with a fucking bone saw, but, but like at the at the you know. At the behest of the fucking ruler over there, is and like he was like, "Oh wow, really? I didn't know any of this stuff." And I'm just like, "The fuck!" Like they, I'm like, "They keep that shit well hidden." I'm like, "I don't know about it well hidden." It's just like if you're just watching the show and you don't go on Twitter and you don't in like no, like there's no like New York Times ain't covering this shit. Right. You know what I'm saying like why would he know? Right. And it's like this this like we're inside the super small wrestling bubble, and I'm just like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, and I was like, you know, and also, I, I think I almost gave like, because I don't really, you know, I'm not really, Rich, you know, this is not really like a forthcoming with information to people that I'm kind of just acquaintances with. So like I explained to him, like, I'm not just like a, a wrestling dork. I'm also like a basketball dork and a, and a football dork. Um, and I explained to him, like, yeah, it's kind of, you know, there's all this kind of stuff like that with this kind of, you know, trying to make money in different countries and like the geopolitical landscape and stuff. And I explained to him, like, the like the NBA stuff with China a few years ago. And he was like, I, I didn't know. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I mean, you know, that was a much bigger story than the WWE thing, you know, because of the notoriety of the players. And when LeBron was over there at the time when that shit happened with uh, Maury tweeting or liking that uh, post. But it's the same thing. is like they chasing money and not all money is good money. And then you get in these situations where like, you, you know, you're in conflict with whatever you claim your ideals are, and the people are gonna be like, "Is that money worth it?" And we're gonna see in the, in the long run for for how these companies you know deal with this kind of stuff. But yeah, man, it was just like the bubble was like so small, um, or people that know this kind of stuff so small. Like I had mentioned, like Vince being a sex a sex pest in like passing. I didn't even get mm-hmm. into like the whole like 
whole thing. I didn't even get into it, but yeah, just uh, it's it's like seeing a casual wrestling fan and like trying to figure out what they do know is interesting. You know, we have that with like my cousin Alex from time to time, or even Kirby. But like another person added to it, it's just, it's so interesting to see like what they know and what they don't know and and whatever else. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I guess we can wrap this up. Yeah. I uh, had anything for uh, Stardom this week? Nah, enough for Stardom. I mean, they have a pay per view on uh, what, Thursday. Pay per view on Thursday. Main event is uh, NASA. Is uh, sorry, uh, Mina Shirakawa defending uh, for the first time against uh, Nasapoy. Uh, she after Mina won, she called out Nasapoy um, and made allusions to saying that like. Or not made illusion, basically, like, it, it, Mina feels like she left Cosmic Angels because, like, Tam chose Nasty Point, not her. You know, it's, it's, it's very, it, it's, it, to me, it's very reminiscent of, like, the Hoshiki Mina, I'm sorry, Hoshiki Mayu, uh, Tam stuff back in 2019, except no one left. Um, but, like, you know, I, once that happened, once the Club Venus thing happened, it was like, that makes sense. Whether it was win or lose, it makes sense. And like that was how like Mina leaves like the Natsupoy thing of like I loved this woman. I thought I was her first follower, and like you had a cage in like the person you you know you went to tag house with the motherfucker you had a cage match with months ago. It makes sense. Um, the uh under underneath the card is a uh, on the undercard is uh the uh, tag title defense. It's New Eras. Marai and Ami versus FWC, Hazuki and Kaguma. So that should be really good. They've had two matches before for the tag belts. First one was a time to draw. Wasn't that good. The second one was much better. Um, and, you know, Ami's even better since, it's been even better since then. So I expect them to have a really good one. Obviously, it's in Fukuoka. So that's, um, you know, hometown presence will be there for FWC. And then the uh, third from the top is Azumi in a high-speed title match versus May Sarah. So, um, they get to have another one of those, so that'll be super fun. Uh, other supporting matches are, um, Utami in Kamatani versus Micah and Julia. Um, uh, so that'd be, that should be a great, uh, tag match, but you never know, cause like, in my opinion, Quaz is kept, like, Utami and Kamatani don't have tag matches as good as, like, their individual matches, which is weird. Um, but, you know. It's Julia. They'll give her plenty of time to go out there and you know try to get whatever she can get out of, out of a out of a tag match. So yeah, that's that's like the big stuff on that card. But um, it's going to be a bunch of shows this week because it's Golden Week. So um, I think I think there's like seven shows in nine days, something like that. Woo! Yeah. Um, but like they started off and thinking, and I forgot to mention this um, last week. But thinking about it, now we're doing a startup segment, right? <laughs> But uh, thinking about it, like they dropped like the the Golden Week shows, and you saw what were like the cards, and like I kept seeing like they're doing a lot of like Mina versus like Club Venus versus Cosmic Angels, and I thought to myself, well, it looks like Tam's gonna be you know main eventing like half of these uh, shows this week. And looking back at it, it was like, that was the tale that she was going to win. But didn't really think about it. It was just like, neither mm. of them there. Because it's like, you look at the matches and you're like, what is Julia doing versus what's Tam doing on these week, on these Golden Week shows? And like, the Tam stuff far more intriguing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, it looks like we're headed towards a, you know, 
trio type of collision between uh, like Restart slash Cosmic Angels and Club Venus. So that should be fun. Long as uh, Mina Shirakawa beats that war criminal NASA play to sleep, I'll be okay. <laughs> war criminal. <laughs> I, I don't remember torture, but okay. <laughs> yeah, but uh, that's it of the show. We'll, uh, we'll review the pay-per-view next week. Um, be sure to raise on whatever app you're using to listen to this with. If you are watching from the stream, you see the links uh, on the screen to the K- to the PayPal, to the Cash app. You can donate there. If you're listening from uh, on the podcast, you can go to the show notes. You see the link to Red Circle. You can click on that and donate there. And listen to other shows on the network. Besides Munch Radio, you have Keeping a Strong Style, The Rick and Clyde Rushing Show, Corman Washes Shit, 8-Bit Suplex, The Grave Consequences uh, Podcast, um, all things elite, great mass generator, meet the press slam and get in the ring. Thanks for listening, y'all. Later. WWE races as hell. <laughs> 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 <laughs>